0: Welcome to Dragon Talk. How's it going, everybody? Yeah! Yeah. 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 Yahoo! Exfoliate. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by the exfoliation master, uh, the condiment lady herself. Aw.
1: Shelly. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? You
0: are a uh, fantastic... Uh, Co host, because you laugh at all my jokes. I just want to make sure we get that out there. Thank you. So, you know who else is a wonderful guest? Who? Rob Toohey.
1: He's fantastic.
0: He is a former stand up comedian, maybe, you know, maybe present. A future. Do you ever stop being one? I'm I not don't sure. Know.
1: once you do it, you're, it's probably in your
0: blood. It's in your blood. Uh, and a lover of kids yeah, uh, f- well, because he donated okay. $2,500 towards Extra Life. In support of uh, Seattle Children's Hospital.
1: That is amazing. Isn't that great? And what did he get in return, Greg?
0: The chance to speak to us
1: on Dragon Talk. On Dragon Talk, right here, right here, sitting down next to us.
0: How amazing is that?
1: That's so cool.
0: We have raised more than two hundred thousand. I think it's two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. uh, for Extra Life for Dungeons & Dragons, the super team of
1: Yay! Dungeons & Dragons. So, yes. Super team. Rob
0: was a big part of that, which is fantastic. There's still uh, ways in which you can support Extra Life by donating towards my page. If you want to be a guest, we will be certainly booking some more uh, up until the end of uh, 2020. If you want to get in wow. and do a big donation, make it happen. That's awesome. We've got three folks who have donated I mean, so far. I
1: don't, I think being on Dragon Talk is, you know a reward enough, but I'm I'm not going to lie. I saw him walking out of here with a very large bag filled
0: with Stuff. It did have a lot of D&D stuff so, that you can
1: only get uh, from, from being a guest on Dragon Talk. Pelham's desk. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the keys that are on Pelham's yes, desk. Yes,
1: whatever is on there you can take.
0: Uh, so it's exciting, but you know, in addition to him uh, being a very large donor, uh, he does a lot of great stuff on Fantasy Grounds, yeah. for Dungeon Master's Guild. Uh, yeah, a lot of great things to say about Dungeon Mastering in general. So wonderful uh, conversation, and we can't wait to... And funny. Yeah, and funny too. and being a comedian and all that stuff. Yep. Um, I did a whole bunch of shout-outs for Extra Life at some point, and now I'm screwing up because I'm trying to find someone else put in more, and I don't have it ready to go. So we'll do it at a different time uh, as we get closer to everything. Um, But speaking of closer to everything, we're way past the release dates for the Dungeons & Dragons versus Rick and Morty tabletop game adventure.
1: We're like five days past. I
0: know, right? It's old news. We don't even have to talk about it anymore, do we? four
1: days. Yeah. (laughs) Nah. It's over
0: the reviews are in though. Just
1: kidding. People love it. They do. They really, really do. They have
0: so much fun. They're getting it. They it's, just get it. As we, as we, when we were talking to Jim during our intros last week, uh just it's it's this meta layer of being a D and D versus you know being the characters from Rick and Morty. Uh It's like an episode of a, of a TV show, yes. but you don't necessarily need to know. The ins and outs of that show in order to enjoy it, and people. I mean, as Rob will say in in his interview, uh, he had not been a fan of Rick and Morty before this box set, and now he is a fan. He's binged binged all of all the episodes more than I have, and uh, now I need to. I feel like I have like homework assignments over the course of the holidays. I need to. I need to watch a lot. Yeah, you do. I do. All right. Well, fine. I will laugh.
1: I'm going to miss working on this because I watched a lot at my desk. (laughs) I'm like, I had my headphones on and it's did research. other work, but I could also just be like, what? I have to watch them.
0: Well, I'm hoping that a lot of folks, when they are with family over the holidays, mm-hmm. uh, jump into playing Dungeons & Dragons vs. Rick and Morty. It is actually
1: a pretty good intro. Right. And yeah. it's,
0: it's got the family dynamic thing, so it's perfect for that. If yes. your family is cool.
1: Yeah. If your family <laughs> is... your family
0: cool, man? I mean, cool? if
1: they were going to play D&D, they're automatically
0: That's a good point. Cool, That's a really so. good point um yeah. and i'm hoping that a lot of uh, people who have been uh reading uh big publications like the new york times uh see the article that even gilsdorf yorker. and the new yorker exactly mike, mike drucker.
2: drucker yes
0: he was uh a dungeon master for uh yeah. one of your preview events yeah which is fantastic he's a writer awesome. on the Late Show.
1: Also super funny. And, and a very comedian. funny.
0: Stand-up comedian. I know, right? All of these tendrils and keep funny going. funny writer. Dan Telford did a fantastic job yes. when he was Dan- Dungeon Mastering. love Dan. Um, and bringing, you know, everything to life in here. So uh, we're hoping that a lot of people who are seeing it, Dungeons & Dragons happening and all of these, you know, quote-unquote mainstream sources might want to jump in and play. And yeah. And grab this set. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who have been following Dungeons Dragons for a long time, Eberron Rising from the Last War is also out. Yay! Completely different flavor. Uh, well, I, I say that, but not necessarily because there are a lot of ways that you can jump into Eberron that uh, are just as modern feeling as uh, the Rick and Morty box set.
1: It's, it was my very first set. I love that. It'll always hold a special place in my heart.
0: Are you an artificer in your heart? I want to be. I want to make some magical things too. Yes. Yes. And investigate what happened after the last war. Yes. What's happening with the morning? I know. I know. We're going to jump right in. Okay. A couple of ways that you can find out more about that setting. A, you can buy the book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's out there. It's super jam-packed with flavor. That's what I love about this one in particular is that there's all these sidebars with headlines and newspaper clippings as if you were in the world.
1: Which is awesome. Which I
0: love. I love that so much. Um, And the world feels very large and big and a new way to explore something that's not the Forgotten Realms. So do that. Uh, streaming and on our uh, D&D YouTube show on a, and a, as well as our Twitch show, there is uh, Twitch channel. There's a bunch of different ways that you can uh, find out more about the Eberron world. Uh, there's Dark Lanterns made by the amazing group at Saving Throw Show. Watch that. That's on our YouTube channel. I believe there's three or four episodes up oh, there cool. available for you. More of like a modern 60s spy take on what's happening well, in like Eberron. Um, and then uh, from our friends at Hyper RPG, there is a show called Droam and Defiance Wrestling, D&DW.
1: Yes. And they
0: are taking uh, a cue from our friends in the sports entertainment field of wrestling And created monsters and characters as wrestlers in the setting of Eberron. I love this. Um, And so it's super over the top. Uh, KG Tang as Dungeon Master serves as the announcer kind of persona in addition to being the Dungeon Master for when they're fighting in the ring. And their promos and personas are all reminiscent of uh, professional wrestling. And I think that's really, really adorable and super fun. And you can get behind different characters and support them Through uh, the hyper RPG kind of back end stuff, so it's really fun. Find out. I love the catchphrases that each one of the characters came up with. Uh, You gotta have a catchphrase. Yeah, right. And one of them, one of them is playing a Medusa, and uh, her catchphrase is like, "The least you can do is look me in the eye." (gasps) Oh, nice. I think it's fantastic. That is so good. I know. There's so much fun. Love it. All right, so take a look at that show if you're interested to find out more about Eberron, and we got lots of other fun stuff coming uh, out. In 2020, which we can't talk about now, but we're very excited oh about what we're working God. on. Right, Shelly? Right, Shelly? Pretty
1: soon. Really soon. Really soon? We can soon? talk about something. What thing? That thing.
0: <laughs> what, which one is it? again? not
1: going to talk about it. Does it
0: have a code name that I don't know about? Uh, yep. What is it? Are you okay with giving away the code I names? love
1: using code names.
0: I know, right? And talking about them. It makes me feel like I'm a spy.
1: But I, some people are like, never, never say the code name. <laughs> I'm like, if it's a good code name, then... Nobody's going to know what I'm talking. About.
0: Wasn't uh, did, that, have, have you ever given the code name for the Rick and Morty? I think we.
1: Ha- I don't know if we've talked about it on this, but I, I've heard other people. Are say you it. okay with me, Tony? Yeah. You?
0: It was relish.
1: How good is that?
0: Which I thought was funny.
1: I made up that one.
0: You did? Yeah. That you made up that code name? I did. Wow. You get an award.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I made up the code name for um, the. Dungeon Mayhem expansion, Battle for Balder's Gate. Yes, I called it Zelda because I wanted my cat to be, have a name. It <laughs> <laughs> has like like if you can figure out what that game was based on Zelda, you would totally go down a different path. Right. You would never know that's what it was. It was
0: just your cat. Yeah, it was just my cat. Right, like, I have I, good I redirect. I just needed
1: a, a, a name. And
0: I'm like. Let's give it give you it, could kind of say it's like a you know it's based on video game characters ish, right. oh, so and it kinda maybe was. it, it kind of oh. was, right? You could, you could, you could, you could I could. Put my head around that. That makes sense. Well, I thought relish was funny because it was referencing pickle Rick. If yes. he said pickle, people yes. might have guessed at it. But relish was different enough right. that people were like, "Are you relishing something?" Yes. Are you- and well, that was Hot the dogs. other reason
1: because we said people are really going to relish playing this adventure. Uh, oh, my voice is back. <laughs> Who are you? That's a new one. I need a name.
0: Uh, I was surprised that our guest uh, Rob Tui. Uh, maybe he'll ask you to do some fun voiceovers. We'll I see. hope
1: so. Well, I, yes.
0: I, I hope so, so too. I'm ready. More if he doesn't. That's okay, too.
1: Because you've got it all right here. <laughs> <laughs> you can use this in your D&D game. I'm, I'm an NPC. I'm a pickle. My name is Relish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because you relish being my friend, not because <laughs> if you cut me up and put me in a jar, that's what I turn into.
1: Have you watched this um, IGN, the first part of No, there, I haven't like, yet. Oh, my... God. So John Borba was producing it. And yes. so of course it's amazing. Shout out to
0: John Borba at IGN, making <laughs> great stuff.
1: But he has really funny like um like animations that like pop in and out and um he does this really good like a pickled jerry that shows up that is I'm still <laughs> laughing at.
0: Watch it for that reason alone, people. Check I it mean, out. I'm
1: not really selling it well. But, but, but a lot. check it out because that is a very funny
0: game. There's a lot of great preview uh, video content that's yes. out there too. So that's one. Uh, we have the one that we have on our D&D channel with Kate as Dungeon Master, as Rick.
3: The Seattle which one, is, yeah, which Seattle. is what
1: this box set is signed by. That From we all that cast, exactly. Yes.
0: yes. Very cool. Um, Let us get to our segment. I believe we're going to talk to Ms. Kate Welch.
2: Oh, speaking of.
0: And see if we can roll some (laughs) random characters. Let's make it happen. Welcome to another segment of Random Character Generator. I'm Greg Tito and I'm joined by
3: K Welch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying my name correctly. (laughs) I
0: I do jazz hands whenever I do it in my head.
3: It's like a horror movie. (laughs) 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 I'm so happy to be back with more Random Character Generator. Yes, so this
0: is the segment where we take a uh, random character that's generated by. D and D Beyond, which has amazing uh, capability and and puts together different stats and uh, some choices. We deal with level three characters, so that there's some variation, uh, and we take what's spit out randomly, mm-hmm. not always optimally,
3: Mm-mm.
0: and uh, the two of us kind of create what that character is all about. Yeah. Uh, so you ready? You yeah. ready to do it? I'm gonna I'm press ready. the bouton. All right.
3: Button. Um,
0: it will go, and it takes a minute. So give it a little bit as we. Oh, okay. Maybe I've got to view the character sheet. <laughs> Those good sound effects right there.
3: <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: Oh. Emmett Singletaker. <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm already in love with Emmett Single Taker.
0: I mean, you are such a good performer that you just need a single take.
3: He just one single taker, or or he only takes the single people.
0: Ooh, all right. So he is a variant human. Yeah, uh, we need to figure out exactly what that means. Yeah, what is uh, what variant? Sorcerer. Okay, we haven't done sorcerer. a sorcerer before. Okay. Um, let me go into some details to find out exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, that's High funny. intelligence.
3: Very, very high intelligence, which may or may not be. Soon. Super optimal.
0: Charlatan background.
3: Okay. That's interesting. He has a false identity. You have created a second identity that includes documentation, established acquaintances, and disguises that allow you to assume that persona. Additionally, you can forge documents. Okay. So Emmett Singletaker is uh, a charlatan and a nasty boy. (laughs) A nasty Um, boy already. A nasty boy. And I I can't decide. Do you think... uh, Emmett Singletaker is his real identity, or is that the one that he has?
0: Oh. Uh, Emmett Singletaker sounds, I don't know, it sounds kind of made up.
3: Yes, it does, that it does. Um, It also sounds like uh, it would be Emmett Singletaker. So Emmett Singletaker definitely has like a good – Rhythm to it. That def- I think that's a that's a made up name. Right. I, think, I think that's a pen. That name
0: feels maybe. like a show name, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so as it being a, a, a variant human, it's got different racial traits. Okay. Uh, than you would normally get, I think. So okay. uh, it's got Gith as a language. <laughs> uh, so Emmett knows Gith. So that's interesting. Sure.
3: Oh, that makes sense. So maybe his, maybe he disguises himself as a Gith sometimes.
0: Oh, uh, or maybe he is a Gith, and this is his human. Oh. Oh, I don't know. Let's think about that for a second. Okay. Okay. Uh, fate teleportation is the feat that was chosen. Okay. Uh,
3: fate teleportation. Let's take a look at that in the players' handbook.
0: We'll find that out. Is you game- Oh, all your fate? Yeah.
3: I got you. Fate oh, that and that's part of the variant
0: human uh, bit going on. Yeah. Here.
3: Oh, yeah. I see. I see a bunch of variant human stuff. It says page, page 31. thirty-one of the Player's yeah. Handbook. I don't mm-hmm. know about that. Uh, those are a bunch of names for different kinds of humans. Um, oh, because it just says you take you gain one feat of your choice. So oh, okay. But fate teleportation. Um, I've, I'm not totally familiar with, so I will look that up.
0: Look that up as the feat.
3: Yeah, it may or may not actually be in the. Uh, player's handbook. And it's not coming... Can you... You can't click it? I
0: can't. It goes, but it just goes no, to face that. It's teleportation. Interesting. You
3: can probably do a search for it in D&D Beyond. Uh,
0: sure can. Let's do that. All right. As I'm doing that... Okay,
3: so here's the problem. Yes. The reason I said that high intelligence may or may not be beneficial is because that is not what sorcerers rely on for their... Correct. <laughs> and unfortunately, our friend Emmett Singletaker has a negative three to charisma, um, which
0: is which the stat that you is need. is the
3: stat that you need for being an effective sorcerer. So here's what we know about Emmett. Um, he pretends to be some things that he's not. He knows gith, which is sketchy. And he also uh, he says that he's a sorcerer, but there's no way his sorcery is working out. Right. But what's read, read to me what fey teleportation so
0: is. So fey teleportation is uh, your study of high elven lore and lacks some fey power that elves possess, but we're saying that this uh, variant human is able to to grab it, which uh, has three benefits. One is you get uh, to increase your intelligence or charisma story, so at least he can help with charisma <laughs> he, a little bit. Well,
3: I think he already chose to increase his intelligence. <laughs> I think right. that's why oh, he's got a plus of, three. Oh, you're right. Yes. That's a good point. <laughs> yes. uh,
0: you can uh, read, speak, and write Sylvan okay. as a language, and you learn Misty step as a spell, and you can cast it once without expending a spell slot. Per
3: short or long rest. So okay. basically
0: that's the Fade Teleportation, is that you can do okay. a, a Misty Step when All right. you need to.
3: And the last line of that did say, intelligence is your spellcasting ability for this spell. Um, for Misty
0: Step. For Misty not, Step. But not for any other yeah. sorcerer-like oh, spellcasting that you might
3: do. Gotcha. So that is um, that is from Xanathar's, that Fade Teleportation. So here's, <laughs> So our friend Emmett has been optimizing his build for the, uh, the it sounds like, only for Misty Step. Yeah. None of the sorcerers. Correct else. me if I'm wrong.
0: I don't think Misty Step has any interaction with <laughs> intelligence sure, as a stat. I'm pretty sure you right? don't
3: have to roll for a Misty Step. No, yeah. you just go I think 30 you feet. you do it. So, um, so uh, even though he is very intelligent, uh, he is also kind of an idiot. Yeah, you just... But you just teleport up to thirty feet in yeah. unoccupied space.
0: So okay, so let, let's go through his stats with everyone. We talked about intelligence, with yes. which is fairly high. Charisma, yep. he's very poor. Yeah, he has total a four of four na- yep. natural negative three on modifier. Mm-hmm. He's super not strong, meaning no. actually weak. Yeah, uh, with a seven strength at a negative two modifier. Uh, is dexterous uh, with a plus two, fourteen uh, average constitution, but high wisdom.
3: High wisdom, high intelligence, high dexterity. Uh, And none of those are the stats that you want uh, as a sorcerer. Those Those are not useful. His specializations are in... He has specialized in deception, and he's gotten himself to a negative one. (laughs) on that which is great um but also insight nature religion and sleight of hand those all make sense with with his stats right so he knows all right he knows he's not very deceptive which means he's a bad charlatan he's not good he's able to do these forgeries and to pretend to be someone else but he's not good at it and um has that's why he has taken a, a proficiency in deception mm-hmm. because he's trying to mitigate how utterly terrible he is. But he's still really, really bad. He's still taking a negative to his deception. So that means I think Emmett is very forthright. I think that he doesn't... He wants... Maybe, like, he he thinks that crime and and, um, and being, like, a spy... In in the world, like moving around with a false identity is something that could be make him more mysterious, or um, maybe help out. If his if, what's his? Do we know his sorceress origin? Uh, do we have that on our?
0: We do storm sorcery.
3: Okay, all right. So he's got tempestuous magic. So he's a storm storm sorcerer. Okay, how about this? So Emmett was born under the auspices of a storm. He's a variant human, and. Perhaps the Fay fe teleportation feat and those those racial bonuses mean that he was raised, um, he was raised in some kind of group home, and that he he learned a lot of, of uh, tricks, tips, and tricks from other kids. He learned how to speak Gith. He learned some elven stuff that gave him this feat in fey teleportation. Okay. Um, but he also learned how to how to pick pockets you know, Oliver Twist style. He's he's out he's out with this group of, of other orphans or something, and they're just you know they're making their way around whatever city that they're from. Um, does he have a background? Uh, is it just it's just the criminal one, right? Like the, the background
0: are, is the charlatan. The yes, charlatan. The charlatan background. Okay. okay,
3: so we don't know where he's from necessarily.
0: Uh, yeah. So I, okay, I like where you're going with the like the the because it's a way to pull in all these disparate events. Yeah. So like he he was inspired when he was a kid because he had a friend who who could speak Gith. and yes, he had an yeah. Elven right. it, uh, or a half Elven uh you know friend in the in the in the group home or, yep. or orphanage and that's his, how he learned that. His
3: two best friends maybe the Gith kid was um or the kid who could speak Gith even if they weren't a Gith yeah. uh, themselves um was like an enemy and he learned Gith so that he could learn how to. Um, when this kid was, like, talking about him, like, saying mean things, he, like, he could figure it out because it really bothered him. Um, and he and he was able to learn it pretty quick because he's got this high-int and super high wisdom. So oh, he's able good, to pick yeah. up that language even just from hearing it, especially as a kid. You're just a sponge, right? Exactly. Um, and then his best friend was the elf, and that's why, you know, he can speak Gith, but he doesn't have any other. But the fae teleportation thing is is very cool. It's something that he learned from from this elven friend of his. And so now he's able to do this misty step uh, skill, and it's kind of the only spell he's actually really good at, because Mm -hmm. again, like all of the everything else that relies on your charisma modifier is going to fail almost all the time. He does have Disguised self, so that is a. I think that's another instantaneous one. Yeah. Uh, Maybe yeah, I think so. One action. Yeah, and you don't you don't need. Yeah, you don't you don't need a roll on that. So that is, uh, that's that is useful for him. He's able to disguise himself through magic and also through forgery.
0: Right, but the save DC for discovering yes, through it is yes. very low. So his save DC is seven. Are
3: you serious?
0: Yes, on his disguised self. Oh
3: my god.
0: Which is horrible. Damn it. Yeah. So someone who's trying to peek through it, and that's where he's just like, well, it didn't work. i um, misty stepping out of here. Mm-hmm. Like he. You know, that's kinda, right. He yes. Gets, he, he, he gets caught a lot <laughs> like- and he knows how to get out of, of situations. <laughs> totally. His sleight of hand is high. So yes. he might be, his, his whole strategy might just be I'm going to take what I can and Misty step out of here and just use that as my crutch in order to survive in the criminal underworld. So
3: in this criminal underworld, in this gang, his role would be, and feel free to, to vamp on this, but in, in my mind, he's the bait, right? Oh, okay. So he is someone who's creating a distraction. Because he has such an instantaneous way of getting out of a, of a pickle. Um, and so when other people are like, okay, we're going we're gonna, to you know, rob this market. So go up and pretend to be somebody that this guy knows or, or like an angry customer or something. And then that will give us enough time. And then when they inevitably discover you, unless they're wicked dumb too, <laughs> um, then you just misty step on out of there. And we got a bunch of free tomatoes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, That's That's a pretty good plan. Yeah,
3: yeah. He's not good at anything else except escape, like you said. Like he's the he's the bait, you know.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. He's the cover. So, how do you think his uh, low charisma manifests? Like, is it is he is he you know (laughs) like like uh, does he have like a scar that makes him look really ugly and Uh, so he's mistrustful and you can't even his disguised skull, he still has that scar or is he is he bumbling and fumbling and in his you know his words and so that's why people disbelieve him. What's
3: his alignment? Oh, good
0: question. Alignment. I think think it's up top. Is that in that or is it in background Uh, description? I I think, you know what, if I remember correctly, it never tells us.
3: It's none. Yeah,
0: for the randomizer, it's up to us.
3: Okay, well, give me an alignment and I'll answer your question.
0: I'm going to go with uh, chaotic good.
3: Chaotic good. Okay, so um, I think that the way his charisma manifests is not in... um, Necessarily in like physical ugliness, but in being almost like incapable, he is really incapable of subterfuge, right? Mm. So, he is the kind of person who, like, um, like the movie Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, oh, he, is, he yeah. is so brutally honest and forthright and incapable of deception that. Uh, it's it, it's incredibly think <laughs> like, Most people can't stand
0: him. That's a great uh, kind of you know character of that Jim Carrey and in, in, in liar liar because he is intelligent, mm-hmm. extremely intelligent, mm-hmm. just like uh, 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 Emmett here, in that he can try to sm- in, you know, uh, uh, you know, use his smarts to get out of situations but he can't use deception or he's not as you know he can't just lie his way out of things.
3: Yes, yeah, and I think that's a uh, that's like who Jim Carrey becomes is is kind of the epitome of chaotic good in that movie because he is being very honest, which is a good trait, but he's causing chaos wherever he goes, right? Exactly. So yeah, so I think that that's probably that's probably what Emmett Singletaker is about.
0: Now, if he's trained in deception, so he might try, especially if he's <laughs> he's able to get, uh, you know, someone who he knows uh, might not be smart enough. Like, you know, say uh, if he's you know captured by goblins, he might still try to, yep, you know, talk his way out of it. Right, he might fail a lot, but he
3: might fail a lot, and it is only a minus one. Yeah, um, but it's it's not great odds. It sometimes will work, but it's not great odds. And I think he probably got that deception um, proficiency from all of these. The you know the rest of this these criminals that he was hanging out with as a, working out as a with. kid yeah and they've they've done their best to take him under their wing and be like bro bro you've got to figure out how to how to deceive people you're getting caught all the time we've been rescuing you from the the barracks the prisons like eight times this year we gotta we gotta figure out how to make you better at this you're a liability. And he's and like, you know, I, you're
0: just the bait, and then yeah, maybe they're the ones who keep telling him that's all you're good for. But oh, he wants more. He wants right. to. He wants yeah. to kind of go beyond it and be like, but I can do all these spells, right? Got, yeah, you know, I can if I, if I need to, I can control fire. Like well, that's cool, right?
3: Right, and he, he can he can control the wind, um, and yeah. maybe that's that's something that, that comes in useful as well. I do get the the feeling that he's being used by people, mm. um, and that he's he's kind of he's kind of sweet. Um, and ob- obviously very smart, but just not good at what he's like. It's it's kind of a an empathetic story to be like. I know that this is what I'm supposed to be good at. I can feel it in my blood. Like my actual sorcery is there, and I'm just so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the frustration of of like the struggle, knowing that you're so 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 bad at the thing that you know you f- you can feel it. You can control the winds sometimes. Maybe he doesn't even know he's a sorcerer. Maybe it's so unpredictable and he's so bad at it that when he is able to like cast a spell and like gusts of wind come blowing through, he's like, oh, that was a strange coincidence,
0: right? <laughs> Yeah, because in in addition (laughs) to having a a, a low save DC, his spell attack modifier is a negative. It's not good. I don't think I've ever seen... That in any character that I've ever seen where, like, your, your attack bonus is actually <laughs> negative a negative one. one. Yes. Uh, Which I is know. fantastic. I know. Uh, So if he tries to land with a ray of frost or something like that, yeah. chances are he's not going to.
3: Yeah. He's, he's got a, a decent chance of it not working. And so, yeah, when, when magic does come out of him, probably for most of his life, he's been like, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he knows he can definitely do is misty step. So he might even think he's a wizard.
0: Who knows? Well, here's what's interesting. He has true strike as a cantrip that he knows, Uh which gives you advantage on on attack rolls. So maybe it's the type of thing where Emmett, he's like, he's trying, he's trying so hard (laughs) that if he concentrates for, and a true strike is a bonus action? No, it's one action. So he has to spend a whole round thinking and then he's like, okay, this one's gonna hit. This one's gonna really hit. Yes. And he gets to roll with advantage, and he has a higher chance, even though he's got a negative one, to, to kind of land that.
3: Yeah, so he's, he, that's interesting. That is a, that's true that that would help.
0: Um, <laughs> but not and, all the way.
3: And it would also, like, co- it costs you a whole action, too. So that's your whole turn. So he's not great at, like, being quick on the ball either. So, like, every every battle he's gotta start, he's like, okay, true strike. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> uh, give, me, give me, a moment. Give me, give me a second. I got this. Oh, okay. all, right. Okay. all right. Oh, right, all right, and right. I still misses. Yep. Come oh, on, yep. Emmett. Once i got a four and a What's two. Your deal? Still bad. Right.
0: Uh, so I'm, I'm loving this idea of him having this like, you know, uh, Oliver Twist like thing mm-hmm. where, where, where Fagin and the Artful Dodger yes. are trying yeah. to like use
3: him. To I their think, advantage? I mean, I so, do
0: you think yeah. that? Do you think he's got a camaraderie with his gang, or do you think they are kind of manipulating him?
3: He's smart um, and wise too. So maybe, maybe he's just um, he's he's like book smart, right? Maybe he's he's spent most of his time whenever there there aren't things for him to do. He's just like he's reading whatever he can, and and he's he's super smart. So he just might not be the street smart, you know? Yeah. So book smarts versus street smarts. He does have wisdom, so he's got he's got some street street Right, smarts. and he has
0: enough insight where he can be like, "Hey, no, you're not on the up and up."
3: Yeah. So he that's that's interesting. He's very he's it's very easy for him to tell when other people are being deceptive um, but it is very difficult for him to be deceptive. Mm. Um so it, it kind of makes him a, a walking lie detector, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: So I wonder if they use him as being like, "All right, hey, you know, yeah, we're going to bring you into the situation. Don't say anything mm-hmm. unless I ask you yep. whether or not." We're being, you know, the wool pulled over our
3: yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Will you scroll down so I can see more of his proficiencies? Yeah, he's also proficient with nature, right, and sleight of hand. So he that I, I feel like that sleight of hand bonus would be excellent for those tomato robberies that we were talking about. Exactly. Earlier. So he he might also be someone who's used who's used for for those kinds of things. Um, excellent with religion. Okay, so yeah, nature and religion for this guy. It does seem like. He's been reading a lot. Yeah, that's those are those are book smarts, and, and those things wouldn't be super useful at living a life of crime on yeah. the streets of you know Baldur's Gate or whatever. But
0: and the fact that he, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. Uh, Gith, primordial, and sylvan as languages are so strange <laughs> so of a combination. <laughs> but I wonder if that you know feeds into like, oh, he knows you know the the secret languages of the world so he's oh, able to kind of uh uh yeah. suss out things that others can't either so he's almost known as like this sounding bar being like hey does that seem right yeah. you know uh, you know this this guy is saying you know talking to us in elvish is that right
3: yeah yeah so that that might go with his human lie detector thing the fact that he's assembling a collection of really obscure languages yeah um there there's probably plenty of people in the organization who can speak uh you know elven I guess we Dwarvish, whatever, like you don't, you probably don't need a lot of those translators, but the weird languages, you, you might, you might, you never know when you're going to get some weird, what was it, um, Sylvan that he, Sylvan, Sylvan, Primordial
0: Primordial. and (laughs) gift.
3: Yeah. You see, you, you get some weird missive and it's written in Primordial and you, you, you know, a Primordial guy, right? And so (laughs) he, he seems like he'd be really good to bring to a trivia night. Like the the way, the, how much stuff he is um, proficient in when it comes, especially to not only nature and religion, he's got a plus five, but history, he's got a plus three, arcana, he's got a plus three, right, and this is a third level character. Like he's he is very he's very well versed in a bunch of subjects. So he would be an awesome person. Like if you have if you have some kind some kind of text that he, that needs to be um, un- unveiled, he is going to be your guy he might not even like the life of crime stuff but he knows that you know he's he's supposed to do it as he's a part of his place. gang right. but his where his passion is is always in um texts in reading texts and decoding them he's never going to he's never going to obfuscate you know if he's like oh this is a bounty to kill you and your whole family, actually. <laughs> How, How ba- interesting. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> like he's, that's fine. That's the that's that low charisma, right? Like he doesn't have, he has no social graces. He's just going to be like, oh, yeah, you guys are screwed. <laughs> There's primordials coming after you. Yeah. I don't see a way out of this one.
0: Right. And then, and then his gang might be like, hey, just keep talking and. And, 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 <laughs> and we'll uh, pick their pockets. <laughs> right. And then we'll go around and, and uh, yeah, deal with them.
3: Oh, interesting. So what about this? He, he operates a front, a business in Baldur's Gate. Oh, okay. Um, and it's this obscure uh, bookstore, like a collector's book place. And you walk in and it's there's no windows. You walk in the front door of this tiny cramped shop and... And there are books everywhere. In every kind of conceivable language, they even go on the ceiling somehow. And so you kind of walk into like one of those aquarium tunnels where the fish are all around you, but it's just books. Right. And you walk and there's, there's Emmett Singletaker, a variant human. <laughs> 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 and he, and he's, always, he's always got his nose buried in a book and he doesn't care about you um, unless you have something interesting for him, right? You're like, hey, I've got this... Weird new text I need you to uh, mm-hmm. to translate for me um and generally speaking it's it's like um it is it's like one of those tattoo artists that 's just like no, this isn't interesting enough. No, this is just an experience that I've had. Be like, no, this idea is derivative. I will not be participating <laughs> in the tattooing of this. Um, but he's, he's a bit like that. He's like, huh, yeah, this is pretty standard stuff. Um, I think he had have a lot more luck down the street. Yeah. But, but if they bring him something rare, maybe that's how he can, he can use his intelligence and his wisdom and, and that insight skill to know, uh, like, ah, oh, this person is probably some kind of wealthy investor. Or uh, or a loaded adventurer, or their their pockets heavy with coin, and that's how he can he can start to uh, activate the people who come out of the secret doors and those book tunnels very very quietly. Yes, and then they. But they because
0: just- he's low at deception, he's on. He's like, there is a rich person here <laughs> that I would like to take advantage of.
3: The person's like, I'm sorry, what?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I, was, I thought that was – was, I was speaking of primordial. That, that means you are a rich person and I want to take advantage of you in primordial.
3: I do think he would be incapable of lying to a person. So the organization would have to sort of uh, warp around that particular issue. So it would be like, all right, we got to practice how he can rip people off without lying to them yeah uh because when he starts to lie it becomes extremely obvious he cannot tell a lie so that the he's fine with crime that's not a lie he's not being deceptive he's very he's very open with it um but he he just he has to he does have to have like secret ways of communicating Secret code words that don't trigger his terrible deception. <laughs> um, and, and and he's I think as a result of this, he probably comes off as a very strange individual. Yeah. He's he is because he the way he uses language is because he's trying to like talk around things without having to tell a lie, which he cannot do. So he's he's very much like um, you know, they'll be like, Oh, is this book worth anything? And he wants them to think no so that he can have it, right? And, and he'll sell it for however many hundreds of gold. But he's like, hmm, is this book worth anything? Well, tell me your definition of worth. And will would be like, well, gold. And would be like, hmm, it is worth gold, but how much? And like he's trying to, he's, trying, he's just trying to talk around. But isn't it.
0: knowledge worth more than gold? <laughs>
3: Which he would believe. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think that's probably, and it's a it's an excellent, uh, it's an excellent distraction for whatever whatever crimes or whatever silent muggings are happening with this person. But he's also good with that sleight of hand, so he can probably swap out the book, you know. Something, and, oh, all right, so he'd be like, "Well, this similar. book
0: that I'm holding in my hands right now yes. is worth ten silver."
3: Yes, yeah. Because
0: I just did the, yeah. I just did a switcheroo. Right. When, right. No, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I, I like all that. So I like he, him. I was gonna have another question, but you answered it in a way like what he sounds like. It sounds like he 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 molded to different audiences, but he always tries to uh, appear, uh, you know, bookish in a way.
3: Yeah, he's esoteric. I don't even think he tries to appear it. I think he's just he just is, mm. and he's got a um, maybe. I don't think he has a fake accent. Which is funny because he's he's all, all about this forgery and disguise self um, for every every. Conscious choice he's taken.
0: Yeah, I wonder though if he. Uh, you know, so he 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 built up this this front, which we're saying is Emmett's uh, uh, single taker. Mm-hmm. But what what do his friends call him? Like, what's his actual name? Like, what did he grow up with in this group home?
3: <sighs> um, I don't know something something probably derogatory, making fun of his bookishness. Mm. Um, something like four eyes, or um, if he if he was. Let's see, Emmett Singletaker. If that is if that's the name that he's always gone by, even if it isn't his real name, then um what's what's a name, a mean version of that that kids would come up with?
0: Inty. No. Uh Inti. <laughs> uh
3: a Nerdo. Emmett Singletaker. Emmett, uh, I'm so I this is I'm terrible at making fun of people's names. Um <laughs> so single snaker. Uh uh dingle how about just books ding, dingle faker hey books hey get books, over here books is books is pretty good especially for like a low int group of thugs you yeah. know like these these street criminals they'll be like hey books yeah hey we'll take you to books books, books. knows and the the name of the shop is also just books <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's actually just a picture of a it's book Books. <laughs> uh, some
3: people are like you take me to books is that a is that a place? And like they see the books, like ah, uh, yes, okay. okay, it is a place. I guess that makes sense. like also, but it's also a person, right? And it's probably just because he's oh, he's been in that shop for so long that his his criminal contacts, like a, they don't know his name, b, they don't care, and c, when they say books, everybody knows who they're talking about because there's a sign that says books it in says the neighborhood, books. right? Right, so. that makes sense. All
0: right, then. All right, final question. Then, what does he look like? What what is his appearance?
3: Um, I think that based on his established business and that. You know, he's, he's been there for some time enough to get a reputation and to have all these criminal contacts. We've kind of talked about how he might have been a criminal kid, like it raised Oliver Twist style, but I think he's older now. And in my head, he is, he's a variant human, and I'm not sure that there are rules governing what that looks like, but he's sort of almost... Uh, gnomish in appearance. Okay, um, he's got he's got like he's got white hair and it's kind of sprouting like Wolverine style over each ear and is balding hmm. down the middle. And he's got tiny little round glasses that sit way up high on his face. Um, and he's he's just constantly he's got kind of a turned up nose. Um, and he's 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 older, but he's pale. He's never he never goes outside. Um, and he is he's got a variety when you when you come in. He's reading books, but um, he's got. All different kinds of spectacles that he can use to read them, um, just in case it's it's like a it's a language that has really tiny font or something, and he's like, okay, well, I gotta I gotta get my tiny glasses out, and so every time you see him, he's got this array. Maybe it's around his neck. Oh, he's okay, got like cool. all different kinds of glasses to wear for for each kind of text, um, and he's uh, he speaks in that. It's not—it's not quite a fake accent, but it is maybe like trying to appear quite posh, so that it—it it seems like the business is on the up and up. Um, whatever the posh, Baldur's Gate accent. Which, of course, if anybody were like, I would like to do an insight check on that accent. It doesn't sound convincing. Um, then they would find out, like, uh, no, he's a hundred percent faking his accent, but. I've never done that check before. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I maybe I should. Yeah, exactly. Get on it. Um, all right. That make th- Do you think he dresses uh, well? Like, do you think he tries to appear uh, more rich than he is, or do you? Uh, you know,
3: I, I think he's rich. I yeah. think he's got money because oh. he's been in a very fruitful criminal business, and they they keep him. Um, well paid to be the front as okay. well, uh, so, so well tailored. And, yeah, and- yeah. I've, I see him in like a like a, a tweedy kind of vest um, and an an and overcoat.
0: Patches on the elbows.
3: Definitely, he's got a. Uh, I think he wears the same thing every day. Mm. Uh, I don't think he has a lot of clothes, but the clothes that he wears are very nice. Um, but he always he always looks the same. He's got he wears like an overcoat that um, is almost like a cape. And he so when you see him bustling around the street, he's short, and everybody knows him. They're like, oh, there goes books. Yeah. And, and they, it's very rare for him to see, but he scuttles out like a bug, scuttles out of his, his door into another door and tries not to stay outside too long.
0: And he's wise enough to know that people probably don't like him, yeah. but he doesn't really care.
3: No, I don't think he cares at all. I think that life, the life that he's set up for himself is, is perfectly adequate, um, and he's, you know— maybe maybe not what he wanted to do with his time altogether but he does get to sit around and read all day long and that's always what he's been good at so nice yeah
0: do you think he could be convinced to be uh, an adventurer absolutely yeah. yeah
3: i think that he is uh, the the driver for him is is knowledge and with that, that joke in me is like, what, what could be worth more than knowledge? I think that might actually be how he feels. Mm. So if someone were like, hey— um- it's not a book, I can't, it's, it's, it's text, but it's carved on the inside of a temple and we're going to have to go deep into the jungle in order to find it. Um, but it's it's written in primordial and, and um, weird emanations and creatures keep coming out of a portal that's right next to it and we can't translate the, I think you might be able to convince him to go out. He might only want to travel by night or something because he doesn't like the sunshine very much, but he's, he would, uh, he would, he would come out for the right for the right money.
0: Right money. Right yeah. money. Like, but I'm, I'm not strong. Yeah, you'd have
3: to protect him for yeah, sure unless I, you want somebody to, to be your bait and then Misty step out of there. He's very good at that. You're like,
0: that's what I can do. Exactly. I'm very good at disappearing and making things disappear. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: All right. I love that. All right, that's so awesome. to sum up uh, Emmett Singletaker or Book's Uh, he is a human sorcerer, uh, not strong, not very charismatic at all, no one really likes him, but he has a very high intelligence, a high wisdom, and a high dexterity, which allow him to survive uh, with his gang in uh, the streets of Ballers Gate. Uh, He could uh, misty step out of Problems whenever he occurred, uh, whenever they occurred, usually by the fact that he was a terrible way of uh, lying and deceiving. So he very quickly learned that he couldn't talk his way out of things, although he still might try every once in a while. Maybe. And then book it out of there. Yeah. Maybe that's why he got books. As a, as a as a name nickname too correct
3: Tito, you genius you can
0: book it out of there <laughs> uh using his misty step uh fade teleportation feet, uh Excellent. which gives him misty step, he has some offensive magic, he can cause sleep, uh do some disguise spell, but generally those are not very good unless he concentrates using his true strike spell,
3: so I think for an the, entire action, the way he causes sleep is by boring people to death Bo- <laughs> so like i think I think he casts sleep on you. By, yeah, you roll 5d8. Okay. so, yeah, the, so that's it's, not affected by... not affected by his terrible stats. Yes. Um, so he just starts lecturing about some weird, obscure text that he read recently, and yes. 5d8 worth of hit points of creatures are um, put to sleep. Back.
0: That's the vocal component of, yes. uh, of his sleep spell. It's <laughs> <is> just
3: right. <laughs> so that's a going
0: on about his, <laughs> his primordial knowledge.
3: I recently read <laughs> the 14th volume of the history of... Cormier's Tears, a, a very obscure plant.
0: Right, and he pulls on that from his nature oh, yeah. uh, proficiency as well as his knowledge of religion, um, and then he uh, has enough sleight of hand where he can pick pockets if he needs to, but it's not necessarily something he I think he, he does to it do. to
3: swap the books.
0: To swap the books. I think he does right? it. When
3: he knows he has a valuable book, he'll be like, let me take this in the back, and I will do a more thorough examination. Excellent. Boop.
0: <laughs> I'm going to misty step out of here. That's right. <laughs> uh, No matter what. And then uh, he runs a shop in uh, Baldur's Gate
2: mm-hmm.
0: named Books. Books, just yep. like his nickname. Uh, but he likes to take on the persona of Emmett Singletaker uh, in order to uh, be a front.
3: Yep. All right. He's awesome. I love He's him. He's awesome. Yeah.
0: We're going to go on adventures with him. Woohoo! He's going to be a, a, a terrible slash really fun.
3: <laughs> he would be an awesome. Like, I love this character as a DM character. Yes. I mean, it would be so much fun to play this guy to a party of people. So I, I, I hope there's a dungeon master out there who finds that useful.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, and as always, we will put uh, Emmett Single Taker up in our show notes uh, as I just had a little bit of an accent. That in our show needs. notes.
3: Inside check. Uh, no, it's, it's fake.
0: And it uh, <laughs> should be public. And yeah, it's very fake. I'm just like books. Um, and uh, yeah, feel free to use our description of Emmett Single Taker in your game Woo-hoo! or just use it as a way for inspiring other ways that you can... Uh, Pressed the random character generator and come up with a fun NPC for your campaign. That's right. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, Kate. How can people uh, get in touch with you and find out what's going on?
3: Um, I am still on my Twitter hiatus, but I am still on Instagram, where mm-hmm. the cool kids are, and my name there is the same as Kate. Well, cha 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 cha. <laughs> Jazz
0: hands. Uh, excellent. Uh, thank you so much. Always thank fun you, to Greg. create a character with you in a half hour. Yeah, I, I love this. It.
3: I love this segment.
0: I do it. Let's do it again. Hurrah! Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Bye. There were so many fun moments in that random character generator. Yes. Kate Welch is an amazingly creative person when put on the spot, isn't she?
1: I feel like this is this is a, an episode of just pure comedy.
0: It is pure Kate, comedy. Kate,
1: Rob, comedians, improv, Beards. lots of laughing. And I'm the audience member.
0: <laughs> 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 we, if you want to use our laughs for a laugh track in your game, just Play this part. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not. I blew out the speakers on that one. Uh, let us talk to Rob. <laughs> Let's and do it. Rob Tui, he'll make us laugh, cry. He better. Maybe also some other bodily functions, but we'll see. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have the wonderful Rob Tui here. Yay! Hi, Rob. Hey, hi, how are you? How's everybody? It's Barry, not
1: a lie. It's You're not here. a lie. I'm here. Made it.
2: Yeah, it's true. We believe you. We passed your deception check. (laughs) I've rolled a
0: 15. (laughs) You did it. And then it was okay. Nice. Uh, You are a uh, very large donor to uh, my Extra Life page, so thank you. Yay! Yes!
2: I I don't have children myself, so I had to help others' children. Gotta help the kids. Gotta help the kids.
0: Gotta do it. Uh, Thank you so much. I think that was a wonderful donation to allow you to come here and be a big part of uh, this interview. I'm happy to do it. You that's just amazing. made at least three kids happy, maybe even more.
2: All right, okay. at least three.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go, see I'm gonna pretend it's more later. Let's go with more.
0: Let's say 33.
2: Yep. 33. Okay. Yes. Wow, that that's went way, that way up fast. All right, 333. That's but that's wow, my final it's offer. just all threes. More
1: than I've ever. Made
2: happy. <laughs> that's more ch- children than you've ever. Okay. <laughs> made
1: happy. Made happy.
2: <laughs> yeah. They, and made. They usually just. Yeah. You have to get. <laughs> How so
1: many? <laughs> Everyone knows there's two. You're like, you've donated, Quinn you've donated your Kesha. eggs.
0: And Ke- <laughs> Is Kesha going to be, she donated uh, to my page. I would totally have to her you, on. To
1: your page? Yeah.
0: Do you think she's would donate? Not even her own
1: mother's page? I've <laughs> <laughs> been trying. This
0: She's been trying to get in touch with you for like decades and you Kesha, keep avoiding her.
1: just go to my Extra Life page. Make <laughs> a donation and I'll totally it's call to you do. back.
0: easy to do. I am in charge of the videos today. So uh, here, I'm going to try this. What does that do? <gasps> oh my God, that oh. doesn't work at oh, all. we're we
1: delayed. To, we need
0: to stay with that. And I, I don't look like ah, have buttons I on each like. one of us. So we're going to be in wide this whole time, it looks like.
2: Right. I'm but good I'm,
0: with it. We're good. Um, so, welcome, Rob. Thank you. You are, uh, in addition to being a wonderful donor, you are a, you know, avid player of Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. You work with Fantasy Grounds uh, yes. as you are, uh, displaying prost yes. across, uh, across your chest there. Oh,
2: do we have to put tape over that? No, uh, we do no, not. you guys are sponsors of Fantasy Grounds. We are, they're a, for a licensee, yes. a partner, yes. uh, a,
0: dist- a digital distribution partner, uh, in addition to, uh, Doug and the entire team there just being awesome, they've been to, I believe every
2: single one of the events they've started that put with on. the stream of uh, yeah I think they've been to every one yeah they, I think we're
0: even in like the proto one that was before it was in L.A. the meltdown, meltdown Comic Con, yep. I believe mm-hmm. they were there wow. too yeah so uh, love all of the work that they do the tabletop their uh, virtual tabletop that they uh, have is uh, you know as a PC gamer it's very robust and it uh, it's it, fantastic pushes all the levers for me
2: and the Unity version is. Eminent. Yes. Uh, coming out, like, maybe January.
0: I remember seeing some prototypal videos that Doug uh, showed me of that uh, a few years
2: ago. It's fantastic, It looked yeah. amazing. It's amazing. It's going to be—I'm I- super excited about it.
0: So for folks who might not know uh, about Fantasy Grounds and how to use it, what's what's your, your, your quick elevator pitch?
2: Van- uh, Fantasy Grounds elevator pitch is a virtual tabletop tool, uh, not a video game, but allows you to play RPGs, uh, the most popular of one of which is Dungeons and & Dragons. And, and it's the best, got, I'll, just, I'll just say It's that. the best, it <laughs> is. <And> it's, 70 <laughs> it's the world's per- greatest. 70% of players play that. So there you go. And you can roll dice, you can move tokens on maps, uh, it does calculations for you, it has a combat tracker, you can keep track of all the NPCs and the players. And I mean, I'm just barely scratching the surface. And it, it basically facilitates a game so that you can play with, maybe, gr- maybe you had a group... Yep. that you had in high school or whatever, and then now they're scattered everywhere, you can still play. I Get love that story.
1: back together. That's right. right,
2: and all the official uh, D&D content is on there, so there you go. It's awesome.
1: So what is your role there?
2: Um, I am actually one of the community developers, oh. so I have, uh, if you go to the store, I have 45 titles in there that I've developed. Uh, and uh, Like
1: original content? N- no,
2: uh, s- stuff from Wizards of the Coast, oh. stuff from other companies, let's not name them, You can, it's okay. uh, But actually, I'm a 5e guy, so it's all third-party, like Cobalt Press. I did the Tome of Beasts, or I mean I did the Creature Codex. Mm -hmm. I know Wolfgang's been here to talk about that. Um, I did Rick and Morty. I did the uh, Adventure. People are wondering why I'm pointing to the floor. There's a copy of it sitting down there. (laughs) So by doing it, you mean taking Taking the content and transferring it into Fantasy Grounds? Into into Fantasy Grounds, yeah. I did Acquisitions Incorporated, uh, Wayfinders Guide, and uh, and then many other titles. And then uh, I'm also a social media consultant for them. So, I put out tips every friday uh, and then i also uh, there's there's a few of us on the team, and we you know facebook instagram twitter i 'm the Twitter guy, the tweets and the twitters if somebody if somebody gets a message back on Twitter, that was me Sweet. oh and so yeah so it's it's a lot of fun and Doug hired me to do that in the beginning of two thousand and eighteen and he he said, "Why don't why don't I just give you official access to the Facebook and Twitter account, and you can just keep doing what you were doing anyway, which is promoting Fantasy Grounds, right? And then I'll give you money for it." And I was like, "Yeah, that's a good wow. idea. I like it.
1: That sounds so." Amazing.
2: I do that for them. That's how work works. That's, yes, that's that that how it's yeah, <laughs> all <yeah>. a
1: job. <laughs> 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 you do this thing, and in exchange, you get money.
2: That's right. That you can pay for goods and services. <laughs> Or just repurchase Fantasy ground stuff and D and D stuff, <laughs> yes. and then it all just comes in my house, and it's a giant. Stack. It's a cycle. It's, it is. a cycle. it's a vicious cycle. So, or,
1: when you were doing the Rick and Marty D and D adventure, mm-hmm. what did you think of it?
2: I was cracking up because Loaded I really question. love. Uh, okay. We we won't experience. What you thought of it? We won't experience <laughs> this here today. But I'm am even though I'm a very pleasant, nice young man, I am a foul mouthed individual in my regular me life. Too. No shit. <laughs> and so, um, I really enjoyed the you know the swear words that were bleeped out, and and you know, and I had just I was just telling Shelley before we started that I just binged all 33 episodes of Rick and Morty on. No way, yeah. So, and I had never seen it, and I'm about to read the comics. Uh, I started to do that this morning on my phone, but it was too small, and I, I can't see. And so I'm really happy about that content, and when I was converting the module, I just was cracking up as I was doing it. It was right. just hilarious, yeah. And I you can't had wait not
1: watch the Rick I had, and Morty episode. No, when I did
2: that, I had, nev- I had not See? yet watched the show.
1: It goes both ways. Yeah. yeah. You play the game, and you're like, this Rick and Morty stuff is amazing.
2: You can start over here and, and do the game yeah. into the show, or you can watch the show and go into the game. It yep. doesn't matter.
1: No. but it's still entertaining, even if you're not a huge a watcher of the show or reader of the comics. Absolutely, it's still funny.
2: I was laughing already. It kind of inspired me to want to really watch the show. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's cool. I'm glad that we could lower your productivity.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> anything that I can do to delay or you know, what's the word? Procrastinate. Yes. yes. Yeah. Anything. Anything that comes. Oh, look, my phone might have a mark on it. I don't have to work for the next hour. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to fold a fitted sheet yeah. right now. Instead of...
2: How do you do that?
1: I don't know. You know what? You just ball it up and throw it in your...
2: That's how I do it. That's what I've learned.
1: Like, who cares, really? Yeah,
2: just burn it. Burn <laughs> it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: just, just put it on fire. There are instructions to do that, but I oh, think yeah. your idea is better. Yeah. yeah. Just Why? buy a new one every Why, Why have ha- sheets anyway? <laughs> you don't need it.
1: What's the deal with sheets? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> my wife's listening to this and being like, he's in whatever. Because I, when I was in college and lived by myself, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't think I laundered my sheets. Oh, like, ever.
2: <laughs> oh, no. You've <laughs> got to do that. I
0: mean, once the semester when I went home and I and I did it, yes. Really? Yeah. It didn't feel
1: gross when you got No, here. and I
0: also was back when I was, you know, uh, smoking a lot of cigarettes and things like that. So it, it certainly Eating
1: had... your meals in bed, you don't... That had to yeah, be so
0: great. Yeah, that was the only things I was doing in those beds. <laughs> because I was mostly playing <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Smoking and eating. Smoking and, and eating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Every now and again, a D20 would... Stub your. Yeah.
0: Toe. The sheets, my sheets were also black, which was uh, also great because. What, not, did they
1: start off that way? No. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of college. They
0: were, <laughs> they were totally black. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh, so, uh, you know, we're bearding into some, uh, you know, comedic, comedy, uh, humor words that are synonyms with that. Yes. Uh, and you have a, uh, a funny story about how
2: you got into Dungeons and Dragons. Is that right? Yes, I do. Um, I'm old, so uh, I <laughs> ah, was funny I, I was 15 in 1981, and my friend uh, who I met at high school was carrying around the player's handbook, like the 1978 printed or 1979 printed version of the player's handbook, wow. and he was getting beat up. You know, because back in the day, it wasn't cool to play D and D. You were a devil worshipper, and it was bad, right? Like, right. Way back when, until people realized it was cool, which I did right away. <laughs> and so he invited me over to his house, and he goes, you know, he tells me about the game. Oh, you, you play Wizards and Fighters? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in, whatever it is. <laughs> so uh, we go to his house, and we're all 15, and we, none of us have ever played. So he finds this guy who's a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. And how he, did he find him? He's, well, I don't know how he found him. Hmm. But um, I think it was just somebody, in fact, a family friend. Oh,
1: okay.
2: And his name was Kevin, and he was 12, Oh, what? And we were 15. Is... Wow. So we go over there to his house, and it's a basement, you know, and we're on the pool table, and it's a dark, you know, with wood paneling. It's just what you oh, think it yeah. is. yeah. And we pour over the player's handbook and the Dungeon Master's Guide for like four hours, creating our characters on those yellow first edition yeah. AD&D, <clears throat> excuse me, AD&D sheets. And I was a wizard, so I rolled my D4. I had two hit points. I was very Jeez. excited. I had my spells. It was all ready to go.
1: Two hit points?
2: Two hit points, oh. yeah. You rolled a d4 for hit points in, in AD&D. So we're there. The scene is set. I I, I think we even lit a candle. I, I It was just a long time ago. Yeah. And so this kid, this 12-year-old Kevin, who's going to be in charge of the game, said, and this is, you know, I'm four hours in now, and we'd start. And he says, okay, you, you guys are walking down a, a dark alley And uh, you see some people in distance. He takes a note and he writes a note and he passes it to me. Oh. I open this note and it says, you have been hit in the chest with a crossbow bolt. You are dead. Do (laughs) not say anything to anyone else. (laughs) And I looked at him and I went, F you and F this game and F all y'all and I'm Fing out of here. And I picked the table (gasps) up to flip it, but it's like an 800-pound oak table. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And and I'm storming out.
2: And my, my friend... Stops me, and he's like, wait, 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 Rob, Rob. And I, uh, you know, when I was 15, I was a very angry young man. And man, uh, I'm sorry. then he stops me, pulls me back, and he goes, hey, Kevin, you can't. Do- I mean, he, we'd started. We've been in, we'd been playing 25 seconds. You can't just kill him. So he convinces me to come back, and then I sit down, and we regroup, and we start again, and we play. And yeah. if, if he hadn't pulled me back, I'm not sitting at this table with you guys today. Man. So what did
1: what did Kevin do? Did he say – did he resurrect you, or did he say just no, kidding? He's just kidding. We
2: yeah we <laughs> that was were a weird dream. He didn't say just kidding, which he would have been a good move for him because I hate him now for the last thirty five years. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> but um, he did say, "Let's pretend that didn't happen, and we'll start again." And I was like, "Good move, kid. You know, three years younger than me."
1: <laughs> well, I wonder what his what his strategy was to have one of the players immediately be dead.
2: God complex. I don't know. Yeah, I have no but, idea. Like,
1: what. How did what was the gonna, hook for the story? Were you gonna what, come back
2: as a zombie yeah. or something like
1: that?
0: Because if you don't tell anyone, do? maybe he, he had never some,
2: explained it. That does, I am trying and to that, give him the benefit of the doubt, this 12 yeah. year old kid, but that's the Ooh most boy. I remember about the story. Because, of course, most of the rest of what, what, of what else happened, I blocked out because I was so angry. It was like a traumatic, I, I have PS, PTSD from that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting that and crossbow, Kevin and, and the crossbow up. bolt in the chest <laughs> will do that to you.
1: Kevin grew up to be. Chris Kevin Americans. grew up to be.
0: <laughs> he changed his name.
1: He was so humiliated. I know. I was trying to get Kevin. Town. I know. We don't have any Kevin.
0: Kevin Dicello. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> Kevin the cello. Uh, maybe he's still playing. I don't know. Maybe, he could be. Maybe Kevin's learned since then. Maybe he's we should, watching. Kevin, if you're watching. Please
1: we, tell us. We
0: need
2: to hear the other side strange? of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was this going? Really I dare plot you, plot you to tell the other side of the story. Yeah, I don't know if there is anything. So in, did
1: you keep there. playing with Kevin after that? No.
2: Oddly enough, he was never welcome back. <laughs> Not, and I had nothing to do with that, but I was happy about it. Right. And then I played, uh, I played D&D for six straight years and, and in, when I was in the army, and I played up to 87, and uh, my favorite thing was we played the entire Dragonlance, like the DL one through DL sixteen modules. We played all those while I was in the army, and wow. it kept us sane in Korea. Cool. So you know. Uh, so who was
1: your dungeon master after you? got Another right guy together? that was in
2: the army. He 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 came one day and said, they, you know, when I was in Korea, we slept four to a room and two bunk beds. That's how it was over there. Yeah. And one guy said, "Does anybody ever play D anD D?" And the re- the three of us went, "Yeah!" And oh, we, we were wow. like, "Oh my god!" And that was just took off from right there.
0: That's cool. And you
2: That's got real. to go to the the. PX, the exchange store in Seoul, and buy everything half price. Or they whatever. Had
1: D&D they had D and D. They had D and D
2: there. Yeah, really. Absolutely. I know it's
1: like nowadays it's very very common to find. Yeah, we do a lot of of support for our troops um, when they're overseas and all. But, um, but even back then, back then, yeah, I'm surprised they, had, that they would have it. You had
2: to go to Seoul, uh, you know, and I was like fifty miles away from that, and so. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. One time I took a ride in a Huey helicopter <laughs> to go to Seoul and my only mission was to get D&D stuff and then come back. Nice. And, and the, the pilot helicopter? that I knew said, "Yeah, I'll take you." Sweet. Yeah, D&D so D&D too? and it's the only time I've ridden I've ridden in a couple other helicopters, but it was the only time I've ever ridden in a Huey was to go get D&D stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and you you accomplished your mission. I did. I got my mission and then I went back and we played and and then uh, I played till 87 and then I took a 22 year break and then in 2009 I started back with 4th edition. What made you take a break? Just kind of like coming Life, back home? and trying to be a stand-up comic. Oh, yeah. Uh, trying to go to TV L.A. It helps
1: and... with that, you know?
2: It does. So it well, does help.
1: It does. Your yes. improv skills.
2: Ex- exactly. Yeah. Your players don't know that you're just making everything up. Right. They don't know.
1: So you went to L.A. to pursue this?
2: I did. I lived in Phoenix for 10 years and L.A. for 10 years, and I started when I was in Phoenix, and I, had, I was part of a comedy team for five years, and then I did it on my own. And I did that until I got sick and had to quit. Yep,
1: and then
0: what was your uh, well? Can I, you mind if I talk about stand-up comedy for a little bit?
1: No, let's do that.
0: Yeah, because I uh, I'm very interested. What was <laughs> what's it like? What's the scene like in, in Phoenix? And what what gave you that like idea to start there?
2: So I I actually <laughs> I went to broadcasting school in Spokane in the in the late '80s, and then I wanted to move to L.A. I knew mm. what, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an actor, but stand-up comedy was easier. What? And I found is I it? found myself. well like the opposite I, for you. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I found myself just naturally falling into it, and then getting gigs and going, "Oh, this is easier than what acting would be because you have to audition and stuff." So, I uh, get together with my girlfriend at the time and another guy I went to broadcasting with and his wife, and we we vote we're going to go to L.A. or San Diego, and we vote, and they, they outvoted me. Three to one, San Diego, and then we moved to Phoenix. It was crazy. I was – oh. it was nuts. I don't know if that so makes San sense. Diego, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't Phoenix. make sense. Got it. So I end up in Phoenix, and I'm there 10 years. But while I was there, I joined an improv troupe and started doing stand-up and then got good enough to where I could move to L.A. And so then I lived in L.A. for 10 years. And I was wow. I was you know touring around the country and, and doing gigs there in L.A. at the comedy store and the improv and the Laugh Factory oh, stuff. Wow. And then – and then I got what was sick. That, what was that like being at the uh, at the at the comedy store?
0: It was it was good. Um Wait, What era was that? was that like the early nineties? Is that what you were? No, no, this about? is
2: uh, I moved to LA in ninety nine. So from ninety okay. nine to 08, okay. oh eight. Okay. I was doing comedy there. And what were some
0: of the like the bigger names that were coming up around that time? Um
2: Well one of, one, some of some one of my contest. really good friends is Dat Fan. He's the guy that won the first year of Last Comic Standing. Oh no way. Oh, yeah, no I'm way. still friends with him. That's cool. And there's other comics that I knew and, and I knew about like four – I had a website about comedy and I had open mic postings and stuff. And so I knew about 400 uh, comedians that were all at my level, which was not famous on TV. Yeah. Right? And um, and I was just, just getting to where I was coming up there. But then I had to get a liver transplant. So then that all came to an end. But it was fun. And the reason – I would have agents and managers come up to me because my act was basically a lot of improv and crowd work. Oh, OK. Uh, and I had – I had – Set pieces that I did, but I usually didn't do them. I usually it was more fun to say, "Hey, what's your name?" and just talk to people and do God, that. Yeah, that really?
0: was always a part of the of the thing that I, I couldn't master. Uh, well, I only did it for about three years, so yeah. I, I don't really have the, the the two decades of experience that you had doing it. But uh, I was always really uh, impressed with the folks who could. They had jokes that they leaned on when they were doing crowd work. Yeah, but it felt so different for each audience they were doing it. Jessica Kirsten is the one that I always touted as being the best. She she was on last Comic and I don't think she ever won, but she uh, she would just walk into a room and she had bits that she would do, but they would be you know basically different for each like individual That's that right. she connected with, and it felt new and fresh each single time, even though she had like tropes wow. that she could lean onto, and it was. Like And other comics would think it was funny. That was the, that was the real ultimate test is
2: that, like, you know, other comics yeah. are
0: very hard to make laughs. So
2: I was a comics comic, and yeah. the, all the comics in the back would laugh at my stuff. And then the audience would laugh if they if they were involved, and then sometimes they wouldn't and whatever. But that that was what I, would, I kept getting told by ma- agents and managers that would approach me after a show. They'd say, Rob, you're really funny, but you don't have a POV. You don't – we can't – get a sitcom for you we can't do anything with you because you're funny but we don't understand what's your character character. yeah yeah. how do we translate that into something so that that was and then and the reason i chose to do that was just because i saw other comics and i worked with other comics and we wrote together and stuff and to me what makes someone famous is they just go do the same material over and over and over and over and over and that's how you're supposed to do it but to me i was so bored i just was bored saying Mm -hmm. the same thing every night to the different people so each one of my shows that you went to, you could come to my show five times in a row, and it'd never be the See, same. Completely yeah. different, right? So I was doing it more for me. I also, I mean,
0: I, tell me if you experienced this too. But whenever I met comics, they'd always the first question would always be, "How long have you been doing this?"
2: Yes. How long have you been doing this? That's and, still a question. And I, even
0: I mean, I, I instinctively did it too. When yeah. we started talking about it, I'm yeah. like, "Shit, I just did that." But <laughs> that used to annoy me so much because it wasn't whether you were funny or not; it was how long you persisted. Was the, so is was it, the is status. It, is
1: it better if you persisted longer? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, so if, if you've you been doing like, it for oh, 15 years, people are like, oh, respect. If you really? said like, uh, like anything less than that, they're like, oh, well, you haven't done it as long as I have, so you don't deserve any success, was, li- was the subtext behind yeah. that question. Yeah, Com-
2: comics are, very, are like that because stand-up comedy is the one and only job – that any person can walk up to a microphone and then proclaim, "This is my job." There's no other job you can do that. You have to, you have to so audition. audition. I was going to say, college. actually, that's podcast I know, is kind of like how we started <laughs>
1: doing Dragon. Talk. Kevin,
2: the dra- the dungeon master, <laughs> yeah, in the, you know, yeah, he's that's like, true. I'm a dungeon master, and
1: now you're dead.
2: I'm a musician. It yeah, happened. Yeah, right. Did you ever
1: but, work D and D into your routine?
2: Um, I I never. I do now. I mean, I I kind of – we were talking about it before the show. I do. I kind of do comedy. I make more money now doing comedy on stream than I ever did as a stand-up. But when I was doing my act, I I might have mentioned it, but it was never a concentration because I wasn't playing at the time. Greg asked me why did I stop playing, and it was because I was trying to go be an actor and be a comic. And Mm -hmm. and it's funny because if I hadn't got sick and didn't move back to Spokane, I probably would be in that – Crowd of uh, what's the comic store? I, the the co- the comedy store. No, no, the comics. Uh, the, it's a comic store where like meltdown. D and oh. D started uh, meltdown. Meltdown. Yeah, yeah. meltdown. Yeah, 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 I would probably be part of that crowd if I right. was still there. Yeah,
0: that's cool. So you mentioned a couple times getting getting sick. What 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 happened? What was what was all that?
2: So after eating junk food every day for thirty years, don't do that.
0: Uh, you at home, kids.
2: Yeah, don't do it. Um, I had I had gotten really sick and. A good friend of mine, Amy Anderson, told me, you know, you should go to the hospital. So I did. Whoa. And they said, oh, actually, I went to urgent care, and they were testing me, and then they came in, and they said, put your clothes on, get your shoes on, get in your car, don't stop, don't pass go, go directly to UCLA, you have a problem oh, we wow. can't help you with. Wow. Scared me really bad. What were bad. Your,
1: like, what, what, what was happening to the, you? I was really friend.
2: distended. Oh, okay. I had, like, I looked... I looked really thin in the face, and I would have a big overcoat on. I'd go to the, to the Improv on Melrose Avenue, and they'd say, oh, you're losing weight. You look really great. And I'm like, no. No, I'm not. And so, But I was sick. So they found out I had liver disease. They told me I needed a new liver, and they said, do you have a girlfriend or a wife at the time? No. Any family here in California? No. California won't transplant you. You need to go back to Washington. So I did. Wow. And then that was in 2008. And in two thousand and fourteen, I got a liver transplant, so for six years, Jeez. I just laid on a bed all day. My life was going to the grocery store, going to the doctor, going to the dentist, lay on the bed. Ouch. that was my life for six years Oh that's terrible yeah it was so
0: terrible. was it so the disease was, was a result of diet or was it genetics or like what, what both was it?
2: okay it, they initially diagnosed me with what's called nash n a s h which is uh non stao hep. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now, something something, <laughs> staciohepatitis, which is oddly not a form of hepatitis. It's really weird. And they, they said it was just a result of fatty tissue built up, because I was never a drinker. I didn't drink alcohol or anything like that, yeah, which, which is, is what they what think. Which is what you associate yeah, with that's liver disease. Usually, yeah, and as a matter of fact, they right when they said, you have a liver problem, you need to go to AA, and I was like, what? I, I don't even know what you're oh talking about. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, um, and then about four, I've been transplanted five years ago. About two years ago, they came to me, three years after- they came to me and said, "You know what? We think it might have been more genetics related. We've done some more studies, and oh. you had bad parents." Is really what it turned out to be. Yeah. I mean, gosh,
0: your parents oh, were so terrible. Yeah, they doomed. were terrible
2: too. <laughs> and then, not to ruin everyone's day, but this is what makes my life really great about D and D and about being here with you guys today. And I'm not going to cry. But during <sighs> my ler- during my liver surgery, my mother passed away while I was being operated. On. Oh, oh for my God goodness! Sake. It really? Sucks, yeah. Wow. Oh God! So I, I know. I woke up. I found out about that. I came home, I convalesced. I found fantasy grounds and then I found online community, started a Discord st- started started streaming, didn't know have any idea turn on Twitch. Boom, microphone. That's it. I didn't know anything. Uh-huh. And all the way to today.
1: Wow. What were you what did you start streaming when you
2: uh, D&D? You just were yeah, running I have
1: games on Games, Twitch? Yeah, like- I
2: have almost 900 videos on YouTube and the majority of those are 3-hour D&D sessions. That's amazing. So I've done Curse of Straw, Tomb of Annihilation, wow. all of them.
0: I love hearing stories like that where you're like, here's all this adversity, here's something that uh, uh just sucks. And to be able to find solace in uh playing this game with other people and, yeah. where you, you know, and, yeah. and, and being able to convalesce and do it you know, through fantasy grounds so you didn't necessarily have to leave the house or or, or you know right. doing anything that right. a while you know that could injure you. Um like that's just amazing. That's something like like um, to be perfectly honest, a fantasy game yeah, can have such a profound uh, yeah, uh,
2: impact on you. I've had people that I've met online, Discord server and and on Twitter or whatever, come to my Twitch shows and stuff. And there's been about three or four people that I've talked to that I've had really bad, whether it was a divorce or just you know some negative adversity in their life, and they've really you know jumped into the community and found something to do. Even mm-hmm. even if it's not for like for me, it's kind of a job which I love. But even to just occupy some of their time, right. I mean, it's such a great social game. I mean, we all know. You guys know that you, you meet people. You talk to them. You make friends. And then eventually—and we've even had the Denver and Dragons on my hat is um, a few of us decided in 2017 to get together. This is so funny. Get together at one place with all of our laptops and play Fantasy Grounds in the room. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so we are doing went, it wrong. We, I know. We're doing it wrong. <laughs> so we went to Denver, and then we went to Denver again. And then we went to Whistler. Oh, cool. Wow. And then we did uh, a part of it was the Alpha Party for Fantasy Grounds in Florida in August. Mm-hmm. And our next trip is Washington, D.C. in September of 20. Ooh, the same cool. group of people keeps – Yeah, or it's a group it... of about eight or nine rotating people. Usually there's five or six there. Wow. And then we just – when someone can't make it or drop out, we just invite the next person. You know, yeah. P- People that basically hang out on the Rob Toohey Discord is, good, is who gets
0: in. That's pretty sweet. But yeah, really. It reminds me of like, uh, you know, people uh, meeting on like guilds and, and MMOs and then meeting up together.
2: Same and, and thing. And that type of thing. Yeah.
1: So at some point you started DMing.
2: I started to DM in 2009 with 4th Edition and haven't really stopped.
1: So what, what was that, the impetus for you?
2: Um... I had pl- I was only a player in the 80s with AD&D, and then when I came back to D&D in 2008 or nine with fourth edition, I was doing it at the gaming store. I would go and meet up with like the Adventures League groups and stuff. And then somebody said to me, "Have you ever DM?" And I'm like, "Oh no, no, no!" And I was like, "You? Oh no, no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not for me."
2: And somebody said, "Oh, you should really try it." And I did. Uh, I did one of the Adventures League. 4th edition ones, and I'm like, oh, oh bit. I'm in. Yeah, wow. it's on. Yeah. And I just never stopped. Wow. And I love to play. And as a matter, as a matter of fact, all, all of the games on my sh- channel right now, I'm DMing none of them. Oh. But I love to DM. I love it.
1: Do you inject humor into your sessions when you I try it? to do that. Oh, okay. There's a lot
2: of swearing and bad words. Oh. Yeah.
1: It's, so you were a blue comic? You went blue like as, it, as much yeah. as you could? I, as
2: much as I could. I went, it's 18 and above, Shelly, so okay. it's not for me. So I can't watch it. No. Right. So you're like, what, 12? Right. Do you know Kevin?
0: <laughs> yes. you Kev- I do. Wait, are Kevin you is, Kevin? Is, he's Kevin. my
2: child. Yeah. Oh, you're, <laughs> Kevin and Kesha. He's still 12. Yeah. Wait, is Twins. Kevin Kesha? <laughs> oh
0: my God. <laughs>
1: The story just keeps evolving.
0: It's better and better. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, you have way more experience doing stand-up than I do, but I got the same rush from um, a session of dungeon mastering Dungeons & Dragons as I did, like, walking off of a stage after a good set.
2: It's true, yeah. The, on, the only difference is it's five people instead of 500, but right. th- otherwise it's the same. Yeah.
0: yeah, and hopefully you're making them laugh. You're, you know, you're getting, you know, yeah. because I've, I've always said this about stand-up. It is the only job where it's just dig me. You have to get my persona and enjoy it, and that's right. it. And Dungeon Mastering you, is very, s- yeah, yes, exactly, and you know right away right. if it's not going well. Yeah. Uh, dungeon Mastering is very similar in that regard. Yeah. Like, you know, you obviously have a story, and you're prepping and all that things, but you, it is you controlling that room
1: and you can tell. And you can tell if it's yeah. not, not working. Well.
0: And there's all this Dungeon Master advice that's like, you know, read the room and blah, blah, blah and, yeah. and, and curtail yourself to make sure that people are happening. And those are the same lessons that apply to stand-up comedy too.
2: Yeah. I used to have a joke I did to the audience if it wasn't going so well. I'd say, you know, you guys, I, I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun. But it doesn't seem you're having that great of a time. So here, let me tell you what's going to happen. If the show goes really well and you guys laugh, the owner's gonna come up to me after, and go, "Hey Rob, great show! Here's your check." And if you guys don't laugh and don't have a good time, the owner's gonna come up to me after the show and go, "Hey Rob, not so good. Here's your check." So either way, <laughs> I'm gonna get paid. So it's up to you to laugh or not, you know. And that, that, I just kind of get them back that way if they were. But a lot of times, I'd be doing, you know, a show in, you know, BFE Oklahoma in a bar. Yeah. And then they're there to drink. They're not here to hear the comic anyway. Oh, that's so always you, true. Yeah, you got to do what you have to do. But. What was the
0: worst <laughs> room you've ever been in? <laughs>
2: Well, or not even just room, but like situation. Situ- okay, so uh, I, I had a comedy partner for a while, Tui and Klein. What's up, Ray? Uh, he's What's up, watching. Ray. He, he Hi doesn't. Ray he doesn't, Klein. He doesn't, he doesn't even know what D&D is. Oh. Um, oh. Robert Klein? It was Robert Klein. Yeah, yeah. I was just under the, <laughs> underneath him with the mic. No. Uh, but we were doing our act at, a, at like a restaurant, and it was someone's birthday, some girl who was, re- it was her 21st birthday, so she got blitzed. And during our act, she went to the salad bar, nope. scooped out a bunch of um, coleslaw, or no, what's the one—the drippy mayonnaise? I guess yeah, that's, that's coleslaw. 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 <laughs> Walked up to the stage and no. just plopped it at our feet during <sighs> during our bit. Right? Wow! Yeah. So we stopped the show for a second, and then I I just looked at him and winked, and then we made a whole twenty minutes out of that. Nice. And just made her birthday the best birthday ever. But that was that was the scariest moment. That Like, what are we going to do? And my, my friend wasn't as much of an improver as I was, but that's why I winked at him, and I said, just trust me. Go with it. Yeah, and then the, other, the only other thing I can remember is I was doing a show in Colorado, and a, a drunk guy came at the stage, and we had mic stands, and he stepped on the mic stand, and the mic bust me in the lip like that. Ooh. So, yeah, I got hurt. Right. Oh, but, no. Yeah, so it's not NFL football, but I mean, you can get injured. <laughs>
1: it's also like stand-up comedy is also like you're you're doing your job in an environment that sort of encourages drunken Yeah, yeah, behavior. exactly. <laughs> like that's can you imagine if like every like here at Wizards oh. everybody was just kind of drunk and <laughs> Demanding entertainment, except like not never just you, me, though, no. right.
0: <laughs> oh, Only you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I can. I will also say that that environment is a lot more conducive to making people laugh than you think. Yeah. Like, because I always got. I mean, you guys get this all the time too. Oh, you're a stand up company. Tell me a joke in a right. conversation, and you're like, my material just doesn't. It doesn't yeah, work. It doesn't That's it, translate
2: a hard. That way. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, tell me a joke. I just say, if you want to laugh, run my credit. That's all you have to do. <laughs> Which, oddly, but, my credit's really good now,
0: but um, it wasn't. It used to be funny. Yeah, it used to be funny. Yeah, right. They don't uh, know. But, like, yeah, something the idea about having, like, a microphone in front of people with lights on, like, people are just there to laugh. And It's, it's, a, it's a lot more forgiving than you think.
1: such a good audience member oh, at me a too. comedy. You're a great laugher. Like, I am, like, I am ready. I am just, like, I'm going to laugh. Like, when you walk out on stage, I'm already smiling. No matter like, what you're I'm doing. Ready. Yes. It takes a lot to make me turn against someone. Yes. And not think they're funny. Sometimes I laugh so much that I'm like, I'm tired. I can't laugh. Anymore. Oh, yeah, your so face is yeah, like, literally just, I'm laughing on the inside, but this yeah. is as much as I can do. Smile. Well, and the <laughs> reason why, I mean,
0: my, the worst experience I had was at a wedding. I was asked to do stand-up at a wedding, and it it was... At the time, I was like, "This is gonna be their fans. they were theater people, so I'm like, they 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 pitched this like being like, we're gonna have like a bunch of performances. It's gonna be it's not, it's a show. It's not right. a wedding. It's gonna be all thing. We're gonna have sounds this cool. dance troupe. We're gonna do this. Someone's gonna sing this song. Blah blah blah. And then you know you'll come on and do this. Um, and I was like, Yeah, sure, that sounds great. I'd only known these people for about uh, six months. They were my D and D group, so it is it is relevant people. Uh, that's <laughs> why I knew them was that that's that I had met them through playing Dungeons and Dragons together. And uh, I get there at the at the event and." It's one of those, like, um, you know, let's give the mic to everybody to give toasts moment. Not a show like I had expected, so everybody... String of people coming up and being like, oh, I've known these, they're the best, they're so in love, they're so great, let's give a big round of applause, everything's great. The brother of the groom comes up, he's like, we don't really hang out, we don't talk to each other, he plays d and I always thought that was stupid, but you're an adult now and I really love you and you're my brother, and there's like this estranged brother like coming back together moment and everyone's like, oh, that's so great, yay! And then the bride comes up and she sings a song and she's tearing, like full on tears, blah, 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 oh, I love you so much, blah, blah, blah. Literally takes a deep breath and is like, and for the final uh oh. thing is Greg Tito going to do some stand-up comedy. Oh, and nice. I come up and I'm like everybody's looking at me expecting like to do another crying. toast. I gave one joke that was and most of my set was about making fun of being married because I thought that was the right. subject. First one <laughs> totally like does not land and then I'm like all right Switching tracks, these people are great. I met them playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> everyone loved Dungeons and Dragons, right? Uh, and got a little bit of laughs from that. And then I was like, "They're wonderful." Toast everyone. Goodbye. I'm out of here. I love this story. I love <laughs> oh it. Oh yeah. my god! And then I ended up turning it into a bit that yeah. I used in my act later yes, on as being like, would... "This is the most awfullest thing you know that Can could ever happen." Make, yeah, a
1: little context maybe when you ask somebody. Uh,
2: to do that for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, they yeah. felt bad. They came up immediately after and were like, what drink can I get you? We're so sorry. We did that to you. And I was like, all right.
2: Uh, yeah, people don't get they, they don't they think stand-up right comedy you can just come to any and just do place it. where there's people and do it. And
0: it's not like that. It's yeah. not at all. No. Yeah. And speeches at a wedding have a very specific, you know, like format to them. You can't really deviate and make fun of being
2: married right. while you're celebrating right, marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Let bad me try idea. and talk you out of this, you guys. Yeah. yeah.
0: It'd be like having a dungeon master who's like, hey, this game is stupid, isn't it? And you're like, no, I don't <laughs> want to <laughs> talk to
1: <you>, huh? <laughs> that.
2: Stupid. It's Andrew Dice Clay hey. playing D&D. Bada bing. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> D&D, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm, I'm ha- thankful that you haven't had an experience as bad as that one. I mean, I'm sure I've had bad experiences, but that block the one I out. told was the, the one that came to mind right away. when You block them out. you block them out. You have out. to.
1: So when you do your routine and you're like choosing someone from the audience to interact with, uh, this is relevant. This will become relevant to D and promise. How do you, are you choosing that person?
2: I can tell by looking in their eyes whether it's going to be good or That's not. That's
1: why I don't make eye contact. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I've actually no, just just
2: to just to um, challenge myself. I have a few times looked down at the table at the at the person oh. going like this and I'm like you sir who's avoiding my gaze at table number 3 and then I'll try to engage him just to see if I can do it. Yeah. yeah. So but, what do
1: you you pick the person who's like looks like they want to be engaged with or looks at- yeah, but <laughs> there's a
2: bit. You know, it, it, it depends on how drunk they are because there's also people who really want to engage you, yes. and you don't want that. guy. Yeah,
1: because they want to be like yeah. the center of attention. But I'll
2: ask: Is somebody have their birthday? And oh, you, ma'am, you know how old? Okay. I, I, it's rude to ask a woman how how old they are, how much you weigh, and then, <gasps> oh! now, you know. But, but I would, you know, <laughs> oh but, you, but you have to you have to pick the right person for that, right? That's really so. Good. Um, but I would just get learn about their lives, get like a two one or two factoids from that person, and then equate it to. And then the older you get, the more you have – The more, more you've done stand-up yeah. comedy, yeah. the more yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: So I was wondering when you're DMing, mm-hmm. if there are tactics that you, can, that you can employ at your table when there's pe- – like trying to get players to be more engaged. Yeah,
2: I would say that um, trying to get laughs from the players or the viewing audience, mm-hmm. stand-up comedy fits in there. But DMing and um, exercising skills with the players more improv – yeah. So, and there's a lot of people who are intimidated by improv. Oh, I can't do improv. I could never do that. Oh my. Yeah. Oh. They get, you even mentioned the word and they are like run away. Mm-hmm. But it really improv. We're doing it now. You, the three of us are doing improv right this second. I'm playing a character. This is oh oh is not my me. bad my bad. I didn't this know you pre-scripted scripted this. Script, yeah. Oh, Greg <laughs> really and, <laughs> no, <laughs> and I worked really hard.
1: See and you fold
0: me. You're good actor. No, that was my line. Shelly and I work really hard on this script. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, you were supposed to call me Greg during that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh crap! Right. That was and you guys the whole thing.
2: I know. So I do improv, um, and I think most DMs, even though they say they're not, they are. They're doing improv because you're – you know, say you're working with Descent to Avernus and you're following the book exactly. Right. But the players go, oh, we're going to go over here to this non-area that isn't even in there. Then you have to deal with it. You have to
1: – Then you <laughs> say, I just got a phone call. Leave the room and you don't come back.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and you move to a different country. Yes, yeah.
1: and you change your name to Kevin.
2: That's, <laughs> that's no, one Kevin, answer. That's one way you to can catch up. but yeah improv everybody's doing it even if they think they're not doing it um so
1: if you have a player
2: sitting at your table and their
1: eyes are kind of not looking they're not making eye contact with you would you call upon that person or would you let them feel like oh they're uncomfortable right now let's just let
2: them it, it, it depends. Is, is it day one? Do I not know them? I mean, there's a lot of factors. But yeah. if it's somebody who I think might be shy or, yeah. you know, has trouble engaging, yeah, I might do a group thing and say, uh, you know, Greg, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Shelly, what do you think? And what do you think? And then see if they'll right. throw into their two cents. Yeah. But um, I would just, yeah, I would just try to engage them. I wouldn't push it, yeah. you know, because you don't want to. You don't want to kill him in the first two seconds. That'll put him off the game. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, definitely don't want to do that. (laughs) Well,
2: there's something you can be said to, like, if someone
0: is necessarily not engaging in, say, it's a specific type of game or something that's happening in the game, like a puzzle or something like that. And, like, you can see that there's three people who are really engaged in this puzzle and there's one who's not you can, as a dungeon master, I, I use, definitely use skills that would be like, oh, I want to make sure that I'm engaging with this player who may not be enjoying this particular piece of content and right. have a conversation with them and be like, oh, I, maybe there wasn't going to be a goblin uh, NPC to speak to in that scene, but you might want to add one because that person, you know, isn't engaged and, and, and can figure it out that way. Yeah. Right? Does that?
2: Yeah. That, that's a, I mean, because there's how many, a million ways to, to figure out. You had to find that person's spot. And then if you go through a whole session and they just don't say anything or they don't want to do it, you just ask them you know, for two minutes after the game. Say, hey, what, what could I have done to get you more involved or what, what do you yeah. think is missing, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So w-
1: especially new people, they might just be a little intimidated by, yeah. you know, like, am I supposed to speak in third person or first person? Do I need a voice? Like, Do I refer to myself as my character or my player name? And like, all
2: of that is fine. Yes. It just depends. So yeah. they might
1: just feel a little awkward. But like with the puzzle thing, that's an interesting um, scenario because there could be things like, you, there's always the players that are like, I don't want to solve puzzles. I want to beat things up. I want to kill things. Or, <laughs> so, like, would it, a tactic be like maybe give them a job? Like, that, these people that, are going to do the puzzle, but there. You might have heard some noise in the hallway, and maybe you should stand by the door and make sure. that yeah. nobody's coming. You and,
2: can, yeah, you can sort of search for what you think makes them comfortable. Yeah, and then, but I would still encourage a conversation after the fact and say, hey, you know, you, if you want to be involved more in the game and participate in all the different things, I can help you with ways to do that. Oh, that's and, good. Yeah.
1: So when when you're doing your streams, are they generally people who know how to play D&D or new Generally or they come? are.
2: Uh, like uh, It's on hiatus right now, but I also have a thing called 5e Pickup Games, which is the same as a basketball pickup game idea, only you just come, yeah. you get the Fantasy Grounds demo for free, you never have to have played D&D, you never have to have used Fantasy Grounds, and I'll help you through that. And we don't really do an adventure per se we just do like a three or four combat encounters for for two hours and then call it quits that's cool and then my system is you can come and do that once or you can come every session and then i just i limit it to six players and then people just rotate in and out and we, we do it a couple days a week do it one day a week and then it kind of it kind of it wanes it comes and goes I've, I've put it on hiatus twice since i started in late 2016 i think and so it's off now but then I'll bring it back, and then more people will come. And it, it's yeah. sort of a teaching with fantasy grounds, but also, hey, if you've never played D anD D five e, I pretty much know all the rules, so I can help you with yeah. how to do stuff and whatever. So
0: ends um, up like a lot of coachable, teachable moments. Yeah, exactly.
2: And then, but the regular games that I have that are campaigns, usually those are all people who have been in my Discord server that I've gotten to know over a year or two or more, and played with them in a few one shots, or you know, got to know them over three or four games and know how they play, know what their style is, and then sort of groups just form. So now we're doing Acquisition Incorporated, we're doing Descent to Avernus, and we're doing... Uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which we've played like 36 sessions and we're on level five. It's gonna take four years to play this game. Nice. Oh. yeah, yeah, that's a thick book. And yeah, and we're a couple of the people in the group are completionists. They want to open every door and go to every room. Oh you know, dear, right? oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: What are you doing with the uh, the open d- doors where it goes off map?
2: Oh, uh, those portcullises don't lift or break. Okay, they, you can't go. That's, okay, that's that's the that's rule, how yeah. you did
0: it. So you can be like, all right, let's put some limits. Right, right, on right, right. What
2: is going on here? And uh, and I'm a player in that game as well, and so I'm having fun. And one of the guys on my Discord server, Joe Numbers, he's the DM. But we have a lot of fun doing that. And then when when campaigns end, I then start another one because uh, I want you know I want to run Rick and Morty because I think that's fun. Plus, it's short; it's well, one through three, mm-hmm. the adventure. So that'll be fun. That's pretty great. Yeah, and we have a good time. And I've I've met a lot of people on my Discord server, but also because I do work for the DMs Guild, and I have like 175 titles there.
1: Okay, what? I get a lot of. What do you mean?
2: People, the DMs Guild. You know Chris Lindsay's genius thing that he came up with? The
1: DM, like you have 175 titles on it?
2: 175. Now, the reason that number's so high is that I do conversion work for other creators. So if they make something PDF, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I'll make the Fantasy Grounds version and then put it up there separately. Oh, okay. And then now there's two groups of people who want to look at it. Because I I don't know how many D&D players there are actively, maybe 15 million. I have no idea what the number is. 400,000 million. Trillion, quadrillion, gazillion. Okay. gazillion, infinity, uh, and beyond. Fantasy grounds <laughs> is about one hundred fifty thousand, and it's growing exponentially. But it's not—it's not as many as who don't use it. Nice. So it's a very small amount of people, but they're rabid fans about it. And so, you know, I'll get an email or a PM saying, "Hey, this came out on the D-Go. D- When's the fantasy grounds?" Like, I don't even talk to the author. I don't know. I have to find out. So I have to chase these things down. And then, uh, and then, but I've been doing it for four years. So people come to me and they say, "Hey, will you do this?" So I work with a lot of creators. I've done, I've done, I've worked with over 100 creators on the DMs Guild. Oh, that's great. That before this, I didn't even know their names. It's
1: got to be exciting for them. It's fun, yeah. To like know that they're going to have their content converted over. Yeah. And that people were asking for it.
2: There are there are a lot of people who don't know exactly what is involved with that. They, like they don't, they, they've heard of Fantasy Grounds or they've heard of Roll20, but they're, they're not like, what is that? I don't understand. I just play at my kitchen table. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I have to explain, you know, well, this is something that you can do planet wide with any other people on a virtual tabletop. And I can take the adventure you wrote, or the tools you made, or whatever it is, as long as it's fifth edition, and I can convert it. And then you'll have a second copy of it. And what my my personal business model is, I don't charge these people any money. We just do rev split after it's done. Oh, okay. So it doesn't cost them anything, right? And they're just they're getting more money yeah, because you're I, converting, it. right? And when I first started. I'd, have, I'd get emails, this seems like a scam. How are you doing this for free? And I'm like, well, it's not for free. I'm just not charging you money up front. And then right. when, when you sell it on DM's Guild, we'll split the profit. You know, we'll carve it up whichever way we see fit. And people were like, I don't – under you know, it was very negative at first. But then now there's 175 titles.
0: Right now that you've got the, the uh, proof behind right. the pudding
2: there. Wait don't. No. It's in the pudding. pudding. Is, is the proof behind the pudding, Greg? No. Is that where it is? Pudding. Is it on top of
1: the pudding? I'll dig through that pudding to get to that. <laughs> it's proof. in the pudding. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's really cool. And uh, have you written any actual adventures yourself? I have.
2: I've written one called Unknown Whom. Uh, whom? And then, uh, yeah, Unknown Whom. Whom? Whom? Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> Unknown Whom 2 is there. And then Unknown Whom 3 is in my head. And people are screaming, where is it? Where is it? And it's tough to do that. Where and actually, I wrote. Where is it? Where, where is, it? is it? Are those
1: are those screaming voices in your, voice in your head as well? too?
2: <laughs> I hear them now, but it might be you guys. Where is, where it? is it? It's in my cans. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, that's what we say in the biz? In, in my cans, yeah, that's what we say. Um, so I wrote the first one by myself, and then I had a team of people, we, a collaboration. Four of us wrote the second one. Uh, that didn't work out very well because of deadlines and people can't, and I've got to go to the restaurant and I'm not, my, my kids are sick, so that didn't work out, but we did finish it. And then the third one I'm going to go do myself again, but I, I have discovered that adventure, lore is not my thing. Story is not my thing. I'm a mechanics guy. Oh, okay. I'm a murder hobo. I love dice and numbers and math Okay. and maths <laughs> and all that kind of Mathematics. stuff. Mathematics? Mathematics, yeah. And, right. And not. That's a totally different style, but it I is, think a lot yeah. of people
0: love that. You know, you're you're not alone. There is a yeah. large group of of folks who really just want to uh, go into a room and kill some monsters, right?
2: So the majority of the stuff that I have that's mine that isn't uh, collaborations with other creators mm-hmm. is tools and things to make the fantasy ground spells work automatically and charts that you know you can roll a random uh, random wizard spell book and it it puts it rolls them all out and puts them into a spell book, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of neat. So yeah, and and I find that that's that's what people. Uh, come to me for, and that's sort of my little niche of the area of the of the deal is the tools and the mechanics stuff.
0: Do you, are you a coder as well? Have you been working well, on that I, side at all?
2: I don't say that I'm a coder, but oddly, I'm my most famous thing that people know me for, and know my name on the DMs Guild are the coding packages for Fantasy Grounds, mm. which um, make the spells or the items uh, work more automatically and, and flow better with mechanics in, in, within the game but and i i've worked a little in xml you know but i but i don't call myself a coder cuz mm-hmm. I, I don't i can't go write something all by myself in xml or anything like that i can go in and look and see what someone else has done and pick it and change it and modify it yeah but yeah i'm not really a coder
0: that's where it starts though right i mean yeah. obviously you know you, you might grow into it more but that's i've often heard where people started into the uh, programming side of game design they just were modders and then they took what people yeah. had and then and it, it just grew. got away
2: it just got out of hand like i the, the very first thing i made was a I think a class list, and in, in 2016, right when DMs go started, I, I made a PDF of a class list and like what the what you got with that class. Like you get these two skills, and you get you know this this is your hit die and whatever. Just like a one page thing, and I put that up there, and you know I put it pay what you want, and then like ten copies, and the next day fifty five copies, and people I'm like oh people are interested in this stuff. And then I somehow got into an email exchange with Matt McElroy mm-hmm. at DM's Guild, and he said, you know, some of the stuff that you're doing is interesting. You should put a price on it. And I said, oh, okay. And then now it's out of control. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's doing really well.
0: Great. That's, I love that you found, the, found that niche to, mm-hmm. to, to I had to money to give to
2: Extra Life because of DM's Guild. That's exactly uh, where that money came from.
0: Well, Thanks. and thank you to everyone out there who's purchased stuff through uh, yeah. uh, Dungeon Masters Guild and, yeah, and supported that for helping the
2: kids. Yep. And I, You're this, all doing it. This sounds corny, but I get a PM or an email from someone. Money's nice. It's nice. I like money. Everybody loves money. Yeah. You need but it. But what's really fun is getting a an uh, email or a PM from somebody that said, hey, I just bought your codes and we were playing – And our game is so much smoother and faster. And thank you so much. Keep up the great work. That's what really drives my my brain is getting something like that. Yeah,
1: You're making an impact.
2: Making an impact. And because I had a liver transplant and I was like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Now I found it. That's really cool. So you found
1: the good in something that could potentially have set you back.
2: Been really bad, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Feel good story all around. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Thank you. Um, how can people get in touch and find out all of this stuff uh, that you're
2: doing? Um, the easiest way is R-O-B-2-E. If you punch that into anything, you'll find me. But I'm on the Twitters. I'm on the Facebooks. I'm on the YouTubes. I'm on the Twitches. I'm on the Discords. I'm on all of these. T- A- T-H-E-apostrophe-S. Thus. These. <laughs> all of these. Yeah all of, yeah,
0: all of these. I love that uh, you do the thing that I do where you plura- pluralize Twitters yeah, I tweet and it right twitches because yeah. I just think that's silly and fun.
2: I, that's why I did it exactly today before the show. I tweeted that we were going to be talking about the D's and the other D's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's fun.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you again for your donation to Extra Life. Uh, you are a true hero. You thank you. Are. Above thank and you beyond. And uh, maybe one day you and I will share a stage and we'll have mics. I think and you we'll should. Anyway. That would you be fun if there's ever
2: bad. a corporate thing and you and I'll get up and do stand up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for real. Yeah.
2: Really? Yeah. That well I was just gonna say happen. we would
0: use improvised weapons and beat each other, you know. Stage combat.
2: One D eight of damage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that too. Pow pow. Yes, we'll you're very that. funny. You should actually
2: go back to the stage. People have asked me... I are laughed you gonna... at all your jokes so far. I know, you did. You're very nice. And you are a good audience. And Greg... Not laughing. He's a
1: comic. He's too hard to please. I know.
2: Actually, the, the fact he can make a comic laugh is good, so I, I appreciated that. <laughs> but um, people ask me that all the time, when are you going back to comedy? I'm like, mm. You know, the hour on stage was fantastic. The other 23 hours a day, not, not good. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Agreed on that point. Well...
0: Here's to it. You found your niche, and I'm I'm loving that
2: you're uh,
0: uh, having as much success as you are and uh, giving some of that to the kids. So you are awesome. Thank you. You Thank you very much. You guys are awesome. Funny. Makes me laugh on a visceral level. Um, I really enjoy speaking to a... uh, I was going to say a failed comic, too. (laughs) Just like me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I feel like you need to go back... To comedy, because you're, like, talking about it, you can tell how how excited you were about it, and it's still there. Yeah. The passion's still there. I know.
0: I I want to do it. In fact, when I was at the Seattle event uh, for the Rick and Morty thing, I saw Taylor Jacobson, and he and I, since uh, uh, Dundas Dragons, D&D Live, The Descent, uh, have been saying we have to go watch some stand-up comedy here in Seattle. Yes. And I feel like once I get a little bit more comfortable because I haven't been to a comedy club up in Seattle since since I've been here. Oh. Um, I went to a few performances, but they were at, like, theaters and stuff. Um, but I think going to a club, again, will kind of... It'll uh, reignite. Just, yeah, you know, that, that stale beer smell. So, and the, that,
1: that stale beard
0: smell? The beard smell. I've got that in, in spades. Okay, so... Yes. Why don't you,
1: like... Get your feet wet. Like, when we do a and d event, like, live event, how come you don't just, like, get up there and do a little intro? I'm Greg Tito. Thanks for coming. <gasps> quick little bit. Quick little bit. And then get off the stage.
0: Well, I was never that. I was never that. And as I said in the interview with Rob, I was never, like, a good improv
1: That's not improv. We can speaker. script that.
0: Yes, I would have to write it out. Yeah. And then uh, I would then be stressing about, in the actor's nightmare type thing, I would be stressing about flubbing the words
1: you
3: can have in that a, situation. You could have an index card. I
0: will it. say, you and I doing this Every week yeah. has certainly helped with any kind of stage fright or anxiety that I, that I have.
1: Do you have stage fright and I anxiety? I did. I did. Wow, really?
0: Yeah. I mean, when, so when I would do stuff on, on stage, like, I would be a wreck, like, three days leading up Ugh, to any yeah. kind of performance. Uh, and just be like, and like any spare moment, I'd be like one of those uh, people in New York City walking around talking to themselves because I would be just doing my material over and over and over there's again.
1: There's so many people in New York oh, City yeah. talking to Oh, yeah. I used to have my, like, I used to have like, print, actors.
0: Like pa- paper printed out in the back, you know, pocket of my uh, jeans and I would just pull it out and, oh, oh, okay. And I would rewrite, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Put it back in and I would just run it through constantly. And having those like three days of 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 anxiety bombs, I just I stopped doing it because I, I was it it's, was great once hard. it went well. Yeah. You got that like elation and everything's great, fantastic. And then I would immediately be like, all right, well, when's the next show? Oh gosh, I gotta write more material. Gotta write more material, or blah blah blah, right? Or oh, my mom's coming, or yeah, I you know I get yeah. all the stress involved with in it. But that being said, I still love it. I still have that like you know when desire you to stage, jump in. When you age, do you're like. It's more when I, I hear people like like hearing Rob talk about his experiences and listening to. I mean, I still listen to interviews with stand up comedians sometimes, and I'll be like, "Oh man, I I, I, I get inspired again. I want to want to do it for sure." So let's do it together. I need to go and just like again, just kind of. We got to do live make.
1: Dragon talks.
0: I want to do live Dragon talks.
1: I'd like to know that if we did live Dragon talks, if people would come.
0: People, let Will us you know come? on the would twitters. You come? Uh, I'm at Greg Tito.
1: I'm at Shelley Moo.
0: Let us know if you would come to a live Dragon show if we did it at a neighborhood near you. Yep. Yeah. Topeka, Kansas? Would you would you if come and see us?
1: At maybe a bar.
0: At maybe a bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like a venue that would be, you know, conducive to it. Yeah. Yeah, like a bar. <laughs> well, yeah, like a bar. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, if you want to find out about what's going on in D&D, go to dungeonsanddragons.com. That's a great way to do it. You can find out so much about what's happening in the game from there, but there's also Dragon Plus, which you can download on to your mobile device right now. No brainer. There's so much content that comes out. Matt Chapman, uh, the editor-in-chief, and Bart Carroll. Uh, what? That's it, Bart Carroll? Bart Carroll? Bart Carroll? Carroll. in addition to playing with doggos on live streams, does a really good job putting everything together the, for Dragon Plus. There's going to be
1: a very awesome upcoming Dragon Plus cover.
0: <gasps> with dogs? I took a lot of pictures. Oh, no. In case you don't know what we're talking about, there's a live stream show called Dragon Plus uh, that Bart has been doing for many, many years. It's awesome. And he had many of the design team for Dungeons and Dragons bring in their little dogs. We got
1: a lot of dogs on this team.
0: A lot of dogs on this team. Next time you gotta bring in Puppy. Make it happen.
1: I I could have. Uh he's he would have not um he wouldn't have been discreet as some of the other dogs. <laughs> it would have been very obvious puppy was here.
0: There's been a lot of woofing.
1: He doesn't really bark, but he would just be like in everyone's face and mm. all
0: over. Up in their business. I used to, I'm, I'm perfectly honest, I'm not a dog person, but I loved when a colleague of mine would bring their dog into uh, another job of mine because she was very sweet. I think her name was Annie. Oh. And she would just come up to me and put her little chin oh. right on my thigh and do nothing. She Those just, are the she best. She would just want to just be like... Mm and just oh, yeah. hang out there, and I loved oh. it. I was like, that's the type of dog that I, that I really, really enjoy. You just want to look a little bit of, uh, yep. you know, it's a very cat-like a almost, and like, you want some attention? Yeah, but cats okay.
1: aren't. They're rude. Cats are great. You like cats? I'm
0: much more of a cat person, even though I'm way more allergic to cats. But we digress, because anyway. we have to get to Let's checking go. out what's happening in this cave. There are stalac mics and bag tights. And
1: bagpipers? Bagpipers. I hope the bagpipers music doesn't loosen any of the rocks up here.
0: Because we're dead.